Okay, happy, happy Hanukkah. Tonight's class was dedicated by Dr. Ganjian. And this is Hashem should give him uh, and his family a lot of bracha, mazal, hatzlacha, and only, only good. All the brachas of Hanukkah should come pouring down upon him and uh, should uh, materialize both in the material and in the spiritual for many, many, many blessings. Beyond, beyond what? He can imagine and understand the super, super great blessings. Okay, today we're going to learn a special discourse, which is very, very beautiful. And it's been a while since we learned a mimer in Torah Or. Not Stama mimer, but we're getting to learn an original mimer, not a biur. We've been, we've been so um, limited to the biurim because we learned the mimerim already, and here we're going to get a new mimer. The mimer is a mimer in Pashas Miketz on page 68 in Torah Or, Daf Lamed Dalid, Amid Gimel. On the bottom, the mimer begins with Ki Imcha Makor Chaim, It explains the power of the Jewish people to illuminate the world with the light of Torah and the light of mitzvahs. In other words, the Jewish people are here to bring godly, bring Hashem down into a tangible existence. Otherwise, Hashem naturally dissolves into his infinite nothingness. And as a result of that, the, the creation is very distant, removed from him. We make God concrete. That's the mimer. And that's the idea that the Jewish people are called a menorah. A menorah is a candelabra that receives light. And what's the light? The light is the light of divinity. We draw down the light of divinity to make God a revealed presence in creation. And that's why there is, to explain and to connect, why there is such resistance to the Jewish people and particularly to the building of the Third Temple and the reunification of Jerusalem and Yerushalayim. It's all this Nakud, because we're already about at that mamish at that point where God is going to be real in the world for all of eternity. And the last few Kalipas are still trying to fight it. The last few Kalipas are still trying to fight it, but they can't fight it anymore. It's done. It's a done deal. But as a result of our accumulation of our Torah and mitzvahs, and in our own individual lives, the Rebbe is going to explain that our observance of mitzvahs brings God down into a knowable presence, into a knowable being, into an Adam, into a human, into a being that has a relationship. Or else the nature of Hashem is that He is beyond definition, beyond revelation, and very, very private, and very removed, and very disconnected. Now, the Klippas, the unholy, they love it when God is disconnected and removed because then the world is what's called in, in, in Yiddish, you call it a Hefkervelt. Then the world is a jungle. Then he's not involved, and if he's not involved, then everything can go. And then they can have a party, they can do whatever they want. And that's why Hitler wanted to eradicate the Jewish people from the world because if Jews are not here, then this world is a free-for-all and man can basically be a savage beast. And, no, and there's no accountability. Because God, so to speak, doesn't care. The Jewish people are what make God care. Because God is involved, and God is present, and, God is a, and Hashem is awake. And as you need to explain, it's like the difference between a sleeping person, and, and it has to do Parshas, interesting, even though it's a, it's a Hanukkah mimer, it's connected to Parshas Miketz, because Parshas Miketz is the beginning of the exile. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the exile begins with a patterns of dreams. 
sleeping. In order for the exile to happen, everybody is sleeping. First Yosef is sleeping, and he has dreams. And then the uh, two ministers of Paro, they're sleeping and they have dreams. And then Paro has dreams, and Yosef is a dream interpreter. We're entering into a dream world. Because only a dream world allows for exile to happen. Because when you're dreaming, your body, your soul kind of went away from your body. And your body is being dominated by, by fantasy. By something that isn't real. And when fantasy is dominating the body, all kinds of ridiculous things can happen in the body. And to add to that, you know, he doesn't say this in the Mimer, but the other version of the Mimer in Tavko Samach Gimel in Mamari Admar Azakin. By the way, this Mimer has an explanation, and it also has another, uh, another recording of the Mimer in Tavkov Samach Gimel, Mamari Admar Azakin. And also there's a long, in Share Oira, the famous book of the Mittler Rabbi Hanukkah, there's a long discourse explaining this Mimer. I only got to read half of it in Share Oira, not the whole thing. But in, in the Tavkov Samach Gimel Mimer, he speaks about the king being asleep and a fly and a fly having a parade on the king's nose. And the king doesn't do anything that the, the fly is parading on his nose because the king is deep withdrawn in his sleep. So he's not aware of the fly on his nose. So the Rebbe says when God is sleeping, so to speak, exile is asleep, the clippers can climb on Hashem's nose, which means they can do the, the really, really ugly, dark entities in creation can, can, can run around. The Klippas can, can run around. They can, they can play, they can play Frisbee on God's nose. That, that's a line. I think that should be a good line. You realize you just walked in by what line? I just said they can play frisbee on God's nose. That's amazing. And yet they can get away with it. The reason is because when, when the king is asleep, the flies can climb on his nose and he doesn't know. And he doesn't react to it. That's why they don't want, they don't want the king to wake up. When the king, is wa when the king wakes up, the fly doesn't fly in his nose. So what's the idea of the Abishter waking up? The idea of God waking up means that God gets involved back into creation. Hashem takes interest in creation. The Abishter lowers himself down and invests himself in creation to see what's happening in the world. Okay. So now, let's read the Mimer, how the Jewish people are the ones who cause this concreteness of the Abishter for God to be awake, real, present, invested in creation. It's interesting that the, yeah, this is the discourse. It's interesting that the root, that the, the main akud of the mimer is literally word for word, part of this mimer is, is recorded and copied into, into the bar mitzvah mimer. The bar mitzvah mimer is a famous mimer that every bar mitzvah boy says when he starts his mitzvah life. And in as much as a woman a man, a woman is included in her husband uh, because it says the reason why women don't do mitzvahs, certain mitzvahs, is because their husband does it on their behalf. So, so even, even, even before they're married, their husband does the mitzvah on their behalf. 
So what comes out when a boy is bar mitzvah, it's on, on, when he says the mimer, it's for him and his wife. So it's really for everybody. And it's interesting, that mimer, the bar mitzvah mimer, deals, literally quotes, there's a nice chunk of mimer over here that's said by every bar mitzvah boy. It talks about how when we learn Torah and mitzvahs, Hashem is looking at the Jewish people through a magnifying lens. And when you look through a magnifying lens, the object that you're looking at becomes magnified, it becomes large and big. So the idea is that through our observance of Torah and mitzvahs, we cause Hashem to lower Himself down, that the creation becomes significant and important in His eyes, and He's involved, and then the good guys are supported, and the bad guys are defeated, um, are eliminated. The wicked don't like this. They want to keep Hashem removed. That's as mentioned, go back. That's why they so much don't want Yerushalayim. Because that's the point where the Eberster takes interest in the world. Let's read the Mimer. It's so fascinating. Let's go. It's a Pasuk. I think it's a Pasuk in, uh, in, in Mishle. Let's make sure. I think it's a Pasuk in Mishle. We'll be sure about that. Give me a minute here. Check in the back. Where the Pasuk comes from. Almost sure it's from Mishle. Lamid Dalit. No, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not, it's not in, that's terrible. That's not a Mishlei, it's in Tehillim. I guess we have to say Tehillim with more Kavana. Tehillim Lamed Vav. Okay. So it says, Ki imcha with you, Makar Chaim, is the source of life. Ba'or with your light, Nira Or, we will see light. Hine Mashakasif Nira Or, behold, when it says Nira Or, Yeshboi Beis Perushim. It says, first of all, it's going to ask two questions. First question, the second question, I'm going to say the second question first. Why doesn't it say that you are the source of life? It says with you is the source of life. Hashem is the source of life, not with Him is the source of life. The source of life is not something other than Him. God is the source of life. So it should say, Ki You are the source of life. No, but we say, Ki imcha, with you is the source of life. That's question number two. Question number one is when it says, it's not a question. He's just first going to explain. When it says, with your light, we will, we will see light. The word nira, he says, has two perushim. Yesh by base perushim has two perushim. Echot, one perush is kipshutoi. Sho'or nira umizgale. So the light is revealed. Ba'orcha, with your light, nira or light is visible. So one perush is, Ba'orcha, with your light, light, light is visible. Okay, that's one perush. The second perush is, Ba'orcha, with your light, nira or we will see light. So one is referring to us, Nira. So he says, Abay is Lashen Rabim. The Nira is Lashen Rabim. We, Medabrim Badam, speaking about them, for them. We will see the light. So either it's referring to the light. With your light, Nira or light is visible. Light appears. So the Nira is referring to a, an appearance of light from the light. Or it means, with your light, we will see light. Nira is referring to us. We will, we will observe, we will see light. 
And he's going to explain a very big difference between these two pirushim. Okay? Um, okay, let's leave that for later. And to understand this, and also to understand, so first of all, to understand the two pirushim, the two meanings in the word, also we need to understand, it says with you is the source of life. And it doesn't say it doesn't say you are the source of life, which it should have said you are the source of So in order to understand that, he's going to explain a gaval de ge'inyin. He's going to explain the idea what the cosmos and creation and the universe is without the Jewish people and what the cosmos and, and the worlds are with the Jewish people. It's a complete different reality. Without the Jewish people, creation can exist, but creation is the, 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 the tiniest, most insignificant existence possible to the point that God can totally even forget about it. It will continue to exist. And the example that he gives, he doesn't say it over here, the Mittler Rebbe and the Mimer uses the example, I love it. It's like a person who's sitting by the class over here, and you're listening to deep, deep, deep Hasidic concepts. And while you're doing that, you're scribbling and you are, what is it called? You're doodling. So when you're doodling, it's, it's very possible, especially when the mimer gets very deep and your mind isn't there, that you have no idea what you're doodling. But you're still doodling, but your mind is totally not invested in it. He says all of creation, all of existence is God doodling. And his mind is, and his inner being is completely removed from it. It's a, it's a, it's a, silly, it's a silly doodle. And in the doodling, sometimes the bad guys get, and that's the reason why, as we're going to see later in the mind, but the bad guys can sometimes get, 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 get power and they can run the, the thing because, because the one who's, who's, who's the source of the image is not really invested in, involved in it. Or the idea is, oh, that's the creation without the Jewish people involved. And now, as a result of the Yidden, learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, our engaging the Abishter, then God comes into the universe in a very panemiastic way. So to understand this, he's going to explain first how the Jewish people are compared to a menorah. Now what's the idea of the Jewish people being compared to a menorah? We capture God's light and we draw it down. We cause God to be visible, present within the world. It says, it's almost like, think about it, fire really always exists, whether there is a fire or there isn't a fire, and we don't want any more fire in California. But when there is fire, fire exists somewhere out, up there in the outer hemisphere. But, but we don't, but we don't the, fi the fire is not visible. It's not present. It doesn't give warmth, it doesn't give light. Unless you have something to draw the fire down and capture it, and you need to have, you need to have an oil, you need to have a wick, and you need to have a container, a keli, a, a lamp. The lamp is the container, holds the oil and the wick, and that's how you capture the flame. But when there is no keli, there's no, there's no menorah, there's no candelabra, so there's no place for fire to be. So the fire, what happens to the fire? It goes back up. God is compared to fire, an unknown entity above, higher, and above. But we, we can capture him. We, the Jewish people, are that menorah, that is the candelabra, to make God visible, present, active, real in the world.
So it says in the Pasuk, it says in the Pasuk, I have seen. This Pasuk is from this week's Shabbos Haftorah. Shabbos, we're going to have a special Haftorah in which we're going to read from Sefer Zechariah. In that Sefer, there is a Nevuah where one of the, um, the, the Navi sees a, the Navi sees a menorah. And he sees like this, he sees a gold menorah. Let's read, let's read inside. He sees, zav kula. He sees an entire menorah made out of gold. Vigula al roisha. And on top of the menorah is a bowl. Okay, so there's a candelabra. On the top of it, there's this big bowl with oil. And there are seven lamps on the menorah. The menorah itself is the candelabra, just like you have a menorah. In our homes, we have a menorah. And into the menorah, we put the little glass. The, gla- the, 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 the lamps are the cups. The cups are on top of the menorah, on top of the candelabra. And so that's what he sees. He sees a gold menorah. He sees there are seven lamps. Shiva Veshiva Mitsukais. And then he sees from the bowl, so here's the bowl on the top. From the bowl extends seven, seven um, uh, faucets, seven spouts. And there's, a, and there's two opinions. According to the Radak, I think, or the Mitsudais, each spout, each one of these spouts, seven of them go into the seven seven uh, lamps. So there is one for each lamp. Rashi says, no, for each lamp there are seven, there are seven spouts from this mitsukais. That means altogether there are 49 um, um, uh, 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 spouts or, or, or faucets where, or what do you call them? Um, what would be the, the spouts? Where, the, where, the, where the, these, these little um, uh, tubes from where the Oil is flowing from the bowl into the lamps. That's what it means. Veshiva shiva mutzakai. That's how Rashi learns. Seven times seven altogether. to the lamps that are on top of it. And then in addition to that, ushnayim zeisim aleha. And then next to the bowl, there are two olive trees growing. One on the right side and one on the left side which are producing complete olives. Now it doesn't say over here, but in the Navi it actually explains, not, not, a, not in here in the beginning, is that the, not only were the, la- the, the olive trees there, but the olives themselves fell into a press, and over there it would somehow press itself by itself, and the oil would flow into the bowl. The bowl is now channeling, so this is like kind of a, a self, self, um, um, uh, what do you call it? That would be the right word. I'm, not, I'm out of words tonight. Come on. Self, what's the, what, would be, what would be the word? Flowing. A self-flowing. I'm looking at self-production. Okay? It's producing the flames and the fire is being produced on its own. Because the, no, there doesn't have to be anybody there. So, because you, the, you got the trees, it's producing, the, it's crushing the oil, the oil is going into the bowl, the bowl is going into the, into the spouts, and the spouts are going into the lamps, and that's how the oil is providing the thing, and the menorah is burning. Okay, and then what happens? That's what, the, that's what he sees in his prophecy. And Hashem tells him, 
Zedvar Hashem El Zerubavel. This is the word of God to Zerubavel. Now Zerubavel was the person who was, who was rebuilding the second base on Migdash. Zerubavel, together with Ezra and Nehemiah, were bringing the Jewish pack. He was the leader of the Jewish people. They were bringing the Jewish people back after the Persian exile, after the story of Purim, bringing the Jewish people back to Eretz Yisrael to build the second base on Migdash. And what Hashem was telling him is as follows. Just like the oil and the menorah is being lit, is burning without any human involvement, it's happening on its own, so too don't think that you're going to have to build the base on Migdash, you're going to have to do it, it's your work, it's, you're going to accomplish it. God is going to get it done for you. How? By inspiring Duryash, the Persian king, who, and later Osiris, who is going to build Koresh, who is going to build the base on Migdash. So that's interesting how it fits also with what's happening today. It's like the inspiration to the non-Jew to go ahead and do it for you. Just sit quiet. You don't do anything. I'm going to get it done for you. Hopefully, it's going to get all the way to the end as well. But the idea that the Abishter is inspiring the guy, the Duryash, the King Duryash to get this done. And that's the meaning of the Nevuah as it is. Interesting, however, the Alter Rebbe, that's the Apipshat, that's the simple meaning of the Nevuah. The Alter Rebbe learns that the menorah that Hashem was showing um, um, uh, Zechariah was, was not referring to the rebuilding of the temple, the time of the Giyula, the time of the redemption, but it was referring to the Jewish people during the time of exile. In other words, this imagery and this prophecy was a prophecy about Israel in the time of exile, not Israel in the time of when we come back. From the time of the building of the base of English. And Hashem is saying, we're, what's the spirituality of the Jewish people during the time of exile? So Hashem is saying like this, first of all you should know, so Zerubavel, it's interesting, the, the reason why the leader of the Jewish people at that time was named Zerubavel is because Zerubavel, they're planted in Babylonia. This was the Golas where Jews went to Babel. They were planted in Babel. Devar Hashem, the Pasuk says, Zed Dvar Hashem, this is the word of God. El Zrubavel. So who's Zrubavel? Zrubavel is. Zed Dvar Hashem, this is the word of God. El Zrubavel. Zrubavel. Hashem, the word of God is called the Shechina. Because the Shekhinah is Dibor, Malchus, Peh. So the Shekhinah, which is the source of all Jewish people, all Neshamas, and the Shekhinah goes to exile. <coughs> so the Shekhinah during the time of exile is called Zerubavel. Dvar Hashem, the word of God, which is the Shekhinah. Zerubavel that goes down into Bavel. So what does that mean? Me and you, all of us, and the collective group of Israel during the time of exile, what are we? We would think that during the time of Babel, during the time of exile, during the time of thousands of years of darkness, we've lost our menorah. We're not a menorah. Sashem says, no, 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 no. I sent you into exile because you're still a menorah. You illuminate the world even during the time of Golas. Even during the time of Babel, Zedvar Hashem, you are still a menorah. We are bringing God's light into the world. Okay, in the time of Golas, our menorah is, is, is compromised and compared to the menorah that we have when we're in the time of the Beis Amigdash. Because we're going to see soon, during the time of Golas in general, Hashem is sleeping. 
It's the opposite of the idea of a menorah. The fire is not in the lamp. The fire is above, withdrawn. That's at a, on a very general level, but in a more individual level, each person that learns Torah and mitzvahs brings God's light down even during the time of Golos. And that's why even during the time of Golos, we have miracles. Right? That's why even during the time of Golos, our miracles are times of Ashkacha Pratis, of divine providence. Which means even though in as much as we say that during the time of Golos, Hashem is not here, but as a result of our Torah mitzvahs, He is here. So we're still in Menorah. And He explains it. Yeah. And the explanation of the matter is, The Menorah, that is Knesset Yisrael, that's the, the Shechina. Mekor Nishmas, ensemble of Israel, is referring to the Shechina. Mekor Nishmas Yisrael, the source of the Jewish souls. Shiva and it's seven Neirois. What does that mean? Hemzayin Midois Alyoinois. The seven lamps are the seven Midois Avavayira the Hisparos are the seven Midois love and fear and Teferis and beautifying. Let's say like this. If the Jewish people are the menorah, if all of our Nishamas are the menorah, on top of the menorah are lamps. Okay, there is a menorah, right? There is a menorah, and then there is on top of the menorah. So what's on top of the menorah? The top of the menorah is, on top of the menorah is the, um, is the lamps. The lamps are burning. And what's inside the lamps? Why do you put the lamps on? You put the lamps when you're going to have fire on it. So it's interesting. Do you realize that, now, let's think about this for a minute. Amazing thing. Hanukkah, Hanukkah is a time we take out the menorah and we light the menorah. When we light the menorah, we put those lamps on. We put those glasses on. Everybody before Hanukkah has to run to the Judaica store and buy the glasses. You buy the right glass that fits the menorah, unless you have them from before. A menorah sits in your candelabra, I mean, sorry, in your, uh, in the menorah sits in the, in the china closet or whatever it is all year long. And it's not lit. Or a Shabbos, uh, a Shabbos menorah also, uh, a candelabra for Shabbos. It's not always lit, but it's still a menorah. You know what it is. And then when it comes time to lighting, then you light it. And when you light it, you put those, ca- those, 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 those cups in and you light it. So the Rebbe is saying an interesting thing. And again, a lot of what he's saying right now is really cryptic because he's not really saying it that openly here. But in the other mimer, in Tovkov Samach Gimel, in the middle of Rebbe's mimer also, he fills in these blanks. And he's saying like this, the Jewish people during the entire time of Golos, all the time, we are a menorah. What does a menorah mean? We are a keli for light. But sometimes you look at a Jew and you don't see any light. Sometimes we look at ourselves and there is no godly light. We have no feelings to it. We have no love for Hashem, fear of Hashem, excitement. Godly light is not shining in us. We're dark. We're dark. We sometimes look at another person. We see the other person is dark. Another Jew is dark. So what's going on? Oh, just like a candelabra. Candelabra is not always shining. But a Jew is always a keli. This is Kavaldi. That's what the Rebbe told us. Go outside tonight. We're learning, Baruch Hashem. Because there has to be one place in the world where Hasidus is being. We're learning. Okay, fine. So we're learning Hasidus now on Thursday night. And we learned this week in that how do you prepare for Shabbos? You learned in the Hayyim Yayim. 
When it comes Wednesday, you're thinking that Shabbos is coming. And you're excited, Shabbos is coming. It comes Thursday and you realize you have no spiritual light for Shabbos. Let us go sing from Wednesday. When it comes Thursday, you're wondering, there's no light. But then when you sit down Thursday night, this is what it says, this week. When it sits times, when it sits, you sit down on Thursday night and you learn a mimer chasidis. So then you have something that nerananon. Yes, nerananon. Now, first the Rebbe says, es nerananon <laughs> You're not singing anymore because you start wondering, I have nothing to go, I have nothing to excite me for Shabbos. You come up the stairs at 140 North La Brea and you learn chasidis over here for a few hours. You infuse your neshama with godly light. You have something to come into Shabbos for to have a Shabbos. Oh, but we're over here. But where are the rest of Hasidim tonight? They're out on, 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 in, in their cars, on their menorah, 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 menorah cars, and, and mitzvah tanks, and out all over in the malls and in places, and doing mitzvahim, going over to a Jew and saying, are you Jewish? Light a menorah. Here's a menorah. Light the menorah. It's Hanukkah today. Oh, what does that mean? Why are you going over to a Jew in the grove and you're asking him to light... Because the Jew, you know, that's what the Rebbe taught us, and that's what Hasidus teaches us. Every Jew is a keli for godliness. He's a candelabra. He could be a dusty menorah that has been sitting in the closet, a great, 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 great grandmother's menorah. It's been sitting, grandfather, whatever, it's sitting in the menorah, in the closet for thousands, for, for hundreds of years gathering dust. It's still a menorah. It's not like, you know, there's many other things there. There is a candy tray there too. On a candy tray, you don't put a lamp. You put a lamp on a menorah. A Jew is always a vessel for godliness. So why isn't he always shining? He's not always shining because he doesn't always have oil and a wick. The oil and the wick is the mitzvah. When the Jew does the mitzvah, then the oil and the wick is provided that the lamp and the fire start shining. That's why the Rebbe says, the Mitzvah Rebbe says, in ourselves it's also that way. Sometimes we go by days and weeks and we're just dead. There's no fire. And suddenly comes a Shabbos, comes a Yom Tif, comes a Fabrengen, comes some, we did some great mitzvah in our life. Something there that suddenly our fire turns on. So the difference of a, here's the difference. The Rebbe says it's only Helem and Giloi. Concealment and revealed. A Jew is always a Kali. A Jew is always a Kali. But you need that the Kali should shine with light. So uh, that's what he says in that mimer. Now going back to the mimer over here. He says that the seven neiros, what are the seven neiros? Is when one of your godly emotions are shining. In our neshama, we have seven midas. The neshama itself is the keli. In the neshama itself, is shining. Let's understand that maybe a little better. I'm just going to explain that a little bit. Our neshama comes from malchus. Malchus, I'm, I'm talking about the most the most recent source of our soul. Obviously, our neshama, the Alter Rebbe says, comes from Chachma. And another Maimarim Chassidus, we learn that our neshama comes from higher from Keser. And another Maimarim, we learn that our neshama comes from Atzmus Mamish. <laughs> I know that. I'm talking about, yeah, this in the most, in the most tangible level, our neshamas come from the Shekhinah, from Malchus. And on that level, Malchus is like the moon, she doesn't have anything of her own. So Malchus is only a keli, it's a vessel. She's a container. But Malchus, what does Malchus have shine? What flows into Malchus? The six midas flow into Malchus. And really, you can say the seven midas, even though Malchus itself is the, is the keli and the midah, both. So Malchus, the Shekhinah, receives light from Chesed, from Gevura, from Teferis, all flowing into Malchus. What does it mean in our Neshamis? 
And now a neshama means that you're a keli, the neshama is always a keli, and in the neshama there is an oireleki of chesed, which gives you avas Hashem. There's an oireleki of gevura, which gives you yiras Hashem, fear of God. There is an oireleki of teferes, which helps you feel God's splendor, and you feel so beautiful in being a Jew. You feel so, you beautify yourself. This is what you're proud of. You're proud, you feel so, not boastful, but you feel so, so amazingly special and beautiful in the fact that you belong to Hashem and you, you belong to such a beautiful people. You belong to a Torah, mitzvah, a reality. It says, but you beautify yourself with God or victory. You fight for godliness or submission or bonding or whatever, whatever it is. The seven midos manifest in our soul. And we also know, Takada, our seven tzaddikim that give us these, that, you know, it's like when you go into a, um, when you go into and you take your car into an oil change, so they don't just they change the oil. They put in the they put in the, the car. They put in the tire. They check the tire. They check the wiper fluid. They fill. You see them. They have all these different things. One guy fills one thing. The other guy's filling the other one. They're filling the other. Your neshama is being filled with all these energies flowing from the higher spheres, which are really the seven tzaddikim, and in our case, seven rabbeim. Each of them energize our soul with different energies, with different lights. Oh, they're called the Shiva Neirois. They're the seven lamps that are on top of your menorah. But, the Rebbe is going to say over here, these seven lamps don't always manifest in a revealed way. Sometimes they manifest in a revealed way. How does it manifest in a revealed way? When a person actually feels Ava Hashem, love to God, then his, his, his lamp of chesed is shining. When a person feels awe of Hashem, then his lamp of Gevur is shining. But the Rebbe says an amazing thing, even when these lamps are not shining, even when your Ava is not, even when your heart is empty, even when you're not feeling anything, you're dull, you're empty, you feel dead, none of that is shining. You should still know that the seven lamps are there. They're there in a level of makif. They're still pouring upon you, they're shining, up, they're there, but in a makif, meaning in a subconscious state. And that's what he says over here. Kaloyim, let's, let's read over here. The Shiva Neresa, Hemzayan Midas Al Yonis, Ava the year of love and fear, Visparis and Esparush, Shemairim Milmaila, they shine above, Bechol Nefeshmi Yisrael to every Jewish soul, Bibchinas is Serusa Deliela, and these are all the Serusa Deliela, it's a flow from above. Why? And even if you don't feel it, Shafilu Birasha, even by a wicked person, Shoida Olav Milmaila. It dwells upon him from above, in a state of makif, in a state of encompassing, meaning above your understanding, above your, your consciousness. These, 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 everybody, every Jew has it. Because every Jew has it in a manner of makif, that's why you can go over to a yid at any time and just ignite his fire, get him going. Because Be'etzim, he has it. Not only is he a lamp, he's kavaldik. Not only is the Jew the lamp, the keli, he has the oil too that's being fed to his neshama. It's just that the oil is not completely manifesting inward in the keli in a way that he can feel it. Oh, for that, oh, you're so close. You got the fire. You got, you got, you got the lamp. You just have to make the, the connection. And that's where you come and you do a, a mitzvah. You do, you do a mitzvah. You do a mitzvah with that. You, you spark it. You make the Jew shine with a godly light. All right. The Alter Rebbe is emphasizing. It doesn't say 
that the seven lamps are in her, in the Menorah, it says Allah upon it. Because in, during the, especially during the time of Golos, these seven lamps are not always shining bepnimius in the Neshama, it's, it's, it's hovering above. Because on this level, on the Makif Tigalite, which is a dwelling from above, Bipchinas Makif in a Makif Tigaway, Kulam Shavim Letoiva. Everybody is equal. That means every Jew has this. And that's why we say, that's why Chazal say, On top of all ten Jews, the Shechina dwells. Whenever you have a minion of Jews, the Shechina is there. What does that mean? And that doesn't make a difference who the Jews are. It can be the worst sinners. It can be the most unaffiliated Jews. Ten Jews, the Shechina is there. Why? Because in Makif, everybody has it. In Pneumius, there are differences. This one feels it every day. This one feels it constant. His Ava Veira, his tef- all of his, his menorah is burning all the time, 24-7. He's a big tzaddik. The other guy is a semi, you know, once in a while his, his, his menorah flares up. And the other person never has his light shining. But every person is a menorah, and everybody has the oir key shining b'pchinas makif, in a makif to get on them. How much Balshemtov is there in these few words? How much avas Yisrael? How much godliness? We take Hasidus for granted. Do you realize what the Rebbe just did? You know what he did to the Jewish people over here? He turned all the Jewish people into a menorah. That every year is a keli. Then each tells us that every year has the seven neiros burning. Sometimes it's not shining. All right. That's, that's in the revealed sense. But in the subconscious, all Jews have the lights. All seven lights. Tanya stated in Tanya that all Jews are that's the makif. Okay. But now we know what the lamps are. It's, so what's the lamps? Let's translate it again. The lamps are in a serusa deli'ela, a flow from godly energy coming from above, from the seven spheroids, or as we said earlier, from the seven tzaddikim, in which they're feeding our neshama with this godly light. We could make it panemistic if we work on it. Sometimes even working on it doesn't help. The, 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 the Mitla Rebbe says sometimes even when you work on it, it doesn't help. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it happens actually spontaneously without work, that suddenly you start feeling love of Hashem out of nowhere. That's because Be'ikr, there is a hisarusa deli'ela, there is a flow from above of godly light shining upon your menorah, upon your menorah as godliness is flowing into it. But now we need to understand, fine, what are the seven, what are, what are the seven spouts? Remember we said that on top of the menorah there was a big bowl, a gold bowl, a gulas, and from the bowl came seven, seven spouts, and those spouts were, were, were they're, they're, they're pouring the oil into the lamp. So what are the spouts? The shiva mitzukois and the seven spouts and b'chines hamshachois this is Rusa Deliela. This is Oiridos from the Ebershtus Chesed to flow inside our Neshama. Or from the Ebershtus Gevura, from Yitzchak to flow inside our Neshama. That itself has to come from a higher place. You understand? The fact that the Ebershtus is Chesed, that too is already a limitation, a boundary. So the oil key has to drop from higher than chesed into chesed. 
That's the meaning that the lamps themselves, the serusa deli'ela that you have, the yisoidinus from above, has a hamshacha to the yisoidinus. And following what I'm saying, there is this thing being ma'ayra you. There's someone being ma'ayra. There's this, there is this power that's trickling into your neshama, you might not feel it, to put energy of love into your neshama. If we can only be aware of this every morning when we wake up, that when we wake up in the morning, we have already a full tank of oil. Someone poured enough oil of love and fear just in our subconscious. But now we realize that there is someone pouring to that someone who's pouring. You're, you got your lamp, but there's some. That's what he's saying. Look at these. From the soiv of kalalmen, to this is oidenos that you're getting, it's pouring into your neshama, the oil that's, that's, that's your lamp, that's your fire, that's your get. That's your light. There is a hamshacha from the soivev to that. And that's what he says. There's many levels of how from one level it's descending to the next level, to the next level. All and all these levels are meant to bring godliness down to shine upon a Jew, upon your neshama. Right? And it goes up higher and higher and higher. Meaning, don't even think it's only two levels. It goes higher and higher and higher. And all of them are on the levels of seven. The chesed of Atsilus is being makabal from the chesed of Keser. And the chesed of Keser being makabal from Pneumius. It's going higher and higher. These are the seven, seven, seven. Each one of them is on levels of seven as they're all descending down onto the Menoyer. And this is the meaning, Leneirois, where are these mutzakois? Where are these uh, spouts pouring? Leneirois, they're pouring into the nair, Asher al-Roisha, that's on top of our head. Because as we said earlier, sometimes a Jew is oblivious to all that godly light that he, he or she possess. He doesn't even realize it. But he's got that light shining. Why? Because the Jew is a keli. The Jew is essentially a keli for godly light, every Jew. However, the Rebbe says an interesting idea. So every Yid is here to illuminate the world with godly light. Now, but one thing, we are the Menorah, but the Menorah is made out of gold. Meaning, in order to be a Kedli for the Ebishter, in order to be, whether your lights are burning, whether your lights are in a level of Makif, which means they're not burning, the underlying Kedli, and what makes you a Kedli is that you're made out of gold. What's gold? That this menoida is made up of gold. Why do you have a bowl? Let's, let's go back. Why do you have neirais? The neirais are here because there is a menoida. We said earlier, without a menoida, you're not going to buy those little glasses. You first need a menoida. Once you have a menoida, then you have the lamps. Now, why are there spouts? Because of the lamps. Why are there, why are there, um, uh, 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 one second, the lamps, why is there a bowl with oil? Because of the, because of the spouts that will pour into the lamps. And why is there, and why are there uh, um, olive trees that are, so ultimately it's all to get to the menorah. The reason why there's an olive tree that produces, that, that where the olives fall into the press, and the press goes into the bowl, and the bowl goes into the spouts, and the spouts go into the lamps, and the lamps are on top of a menorah. So it's all because of the menorah. It's all for the sake of the Jewish people, which are the menorah. 
But in order for the menorah to trigger all of this, this whole amshacha, this whole drawing down of all these things, and the menorah has to be made out of gold. What's that? All these amshachos, this whole business, from the very beginning of all levels, it's all through gold. Which is the idea of the smoil. Now, zahav is gavura. Gold, there's kesef and there's zahav. Silver is, is chesed and, and gold. Because when you look at gold, gold has a fiery color. Silver has a watery color. Water and fire are chesed and gavur. So there is some element of gold in every Yid's neshama, which is gavura, which that gavura is what's really causing it all. You hear what's going on over here? The gold is the gavura that's in the neshama that's causing it. What's that? It's the intensity. It's the intensity. There has to be intensity. And the Rebbe is basically going to explain that and again, it's funny because the mimer over here doesn't, doesn't emphasize this that much as much as the, the Tovkov Samach Beis, Samach Gimel mimer. The idea of being behind it is even if you don't have a, what's the gold in your menorah? It's beautiful. Even if you don't have visible love for God, even if you don't have fear of Hashem, even if you don't have all these things, but you do have a certain intensity behind it, your gold, your neshama, what? You, are, you want, hear this. Why am I getting so, why is it so hard for me to say this today? It's not me, I'm a little tired, but I don't know why. I get a little, it's, you have to want, even if you don't have, even if you don't have love, but you, want, you have to want to have love. The gold in your menorah is that, the, 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 the gold is that fire. A Jew has to have a fire beneath him all the time. I, I, I might not feel right now, my heart is dull, I'm dead, I'm not, but I want to feel. That's it. When you got your gold there, when there's a gold element, when there is a chuka, when there is a longing that keeps, that keeps, that keeps the romance going, that keeps something there, there has to be a, 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 a desire for the relationship. If there is no, de- and therefore he says, interesting in the Mimer, that even the, we, we know there are seven lamps and one of them is chesed. And chesed, when you're experiencing chesed, it's not fiery, it's a very, you feel very, very cuddled by Hashem. You feel that Hashem loves you, you love God. It's, it's love, but it's a very cold love. It's a love not with burning fervor and passion. But yet, the menorah that is underneath that lamp is gold. It's not a silver. You would think that the chesed, the chesed bar, the chesed um, 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 pipe that's going to hold the, the lamp of chesed should be made up of what? Of silver. Because chesed is silver. It's not that way. It's also gold. Because the Rebbe says like this, the underlying condition of the entire menorah is, I want to be in a relationship. I have a burning, I have something inside of me that's burning for godliness. Once you have that, then you're alive. When you're alive, then how the godliness is going to manifest, if it's going to ma- manifest in a manner that you feel very comfortable and very loved by Hashem, and therefore it's, it's a cool kind of a love, or you're feeling intense love, or you're feeling the aspirus, whatever, whatever, whatever Indian you're feeling, but the underlying 
drive, there always has to be a drive, that's your gold. And that's why the, without the gold, without us having that underlying burn that a Jew always has, we, can't, we wouldn't draw anything. The gold is what draws. And that's the idea. The Indian and the idea is... The Indian and the idea is... Kehine um, Ksiv. For behold, it says in the Pasuk, HaMagbihi L'Shaves, HaMashpili Lidois Pashamayim Ubaaretz. So to understand uh, all of this, Be'ikr to understand why we need to have gold, and why our menorah has to be gold in order for it to be a menorah. So he's going to explain how much the Abishter Be'etzem is the, is the opposite from shining in our menorah. Why? Because to shine in our menorah means that the Abishter has to lower himself down to be in a relationship, which means the Abishter has to assume certain personality traits. In order for godliness to... Re- the Abishter is like clear, clear air. Right? There's no gilui of him. In order for him to have a gilui, he has to, has to, he has to take on a certain, a certain limitation for him to be misgala. And that limitation for him is an infinite contraction, an infinite descent. Naturally, he returns back to what? To who he is. So unless we pull him very strong, unless we constantly pull him, and the gold in our menorah is what pulls him. Or else, without that gold, the gold is the magnet. Or else, he's out. You know, the, it's, well, basically the idea is it's the wife who loves her husband that makes him come home. Or else he's so busy in the office, he's going to stay there for, for, for forever. He's re- removed, he's busy, he's a CEO, he's taking care of everything. It's the wife that's waiting, Rabbi Akiva. You know, he went away. He could, have been, he could have stayed away for a gazillion years. But he had a wife waiting for him at home. Taki, so he came back only twice in 12 years. Twice in 24 years, but he came home. There was a wife waiting for him. The idea over here, we, Knesset Yisrael, have to wait for God. We're waiting. We want revelation. We're already 2,000 years without light, but we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. That's why in Mayan over here, we don't stop crying about Mashiach. Day in and day out. You're crazy. It's 2,000 years already. Relax. People look, people look, people look at, 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 people don't realize. I don't know. What should I say? I was going to say people are stupid, but I don't want to say that by Yashir, but I guess I say that. People make fun of Hasidim who wait for Mashiach. <laughs> Don't you see, don't you have the seichel? If you're waiting for Mashiach, it means you're a, you're a living Jew who loves God. What's the proof today? What does love mean? You're standing, you're shuckling with the gartel, and you're flying, and you're shaking around. Who's it? That's fake. It doesn't have to be anything real. You can hack your nose in the wall. When you're davening and shaking, until your nose gets a big blue purple bump. What does that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean? What are you loving? The proof that you're loving God is that you don't stop talking about Mashiach because every day that God is not revealed, it hurts you. That's love. That's real. So if you're, if you're a person and you're relaxed and you're chilled and, and everything and you do, you know, you learn Torah and you do this and you do that and you learn about this and you have your shir and you where's Mashiach in your life? Does it bother you? Is it, is it something that's alive in you? So what? It means you're not, you, you don't want your husband to come home. The biggest proof, you realize that I'm just, it's, it's hitting me right now. The biggest proof of being, that's why chassidim, that has to do with chassidim. Chassidus comes together with Mashiach, because Chassidus awoke, 
wakens the heart to the Eberster. If you want the Eberster, you want Mashiach. So we're here 2,000 years. And we're still waiting. We're still hoping. We'll wait. And now we're getting even stronger in our hopes. Constantly stronger. That's the gold. That gold is what keeps the Eberster connected to the world. Without that, once our heart goes cold and we don't care about the relationship, he also gets carried away in his stuff. Where? He dissolves into his infinite, beyond definition state. That's the toichen of the next two parts. And he's going to say, how do we draw God down into the world to manifest through Torah mitzvahs? But even if you do Torah mitzvahs, if the Torah mitzvahs don't have an underlying desire that you want the Abishter, if your Torah mitzvahs doesn't have an underlying desire that you want the Abishter, then the Torah mitzvahs is stale. It's not, it's not capturing it. It has to be Torah mitzvahs made by a gold menorah. The gold is that fire. There is a flame in you all the time. Let's read inside. The Indian and the idea is Kihinexiv, it says in the Pasuk. He sits so high. We say it in, in hollow. Who is like God, our God? Holding in the second paragraph. He's, he's, he sits so high. He lowers himself down to see. So what does this mean? So it says, on the one hand, Hashem is very high. On the other hand, he lowers himself down. So first of all, we should know like this. We are the ones who cause him to lower himself down. It's in the heavens and Naturally, on his own, he sits very high. What does that mean? So first of all, let's define what is Shamayim. Shamayim and Oretz are, Shamayim is Soiviv Kalalman, Shamayim is, is, Shamayim is round, so it represents the idea of Soviv Kalalman. Oretz is the earth, represents the Mamala Kalalman, God as he fills the world. So Oretz mainly is the limited creation, the Shemayim is an encompassing light of the Abishter surrounding the creation, yet connected to the creation. Because we know that the whole idea of why there is a Saivev is only that there should come to a Mamale, or else you don't need a Saivev. Because Saivev already also is indi- indicating what? That he has somewhat of a relationship. Mitzad Atzmus himself, Mitzad the Abishter himself, he's not even Saivev Kalal. He's above being Saivev. The fact that Hashem is Saivev Kalam, which means he encompasses the worlds, which means he's bigger than them, but is already a relationship. So the Shamayim is not represents Soivev, but Soivev as it's leading to the Mamalekalalma. That's what you can see it in the next words. Because he says the word Shamayim, on the one end, Shamayim is a circle. It's an encompassing. But the word Shamayim has in the words Shamayim over there is water. And what's the nature of water? is to go down to a low place. So the Indian of Shamayim is carrying God down low. That's the Indian of Shamayim. Oh, Shamayim pirish Shamayim. Da'aynu b'chinas Mayim shu b'chinas hamshacha. What's Mayim? It's a hamshacha memokim gavoya misoiviv kolalmin from a higher place lemokim namoch to a lower place. Liyoyis b'chinas mamala kolalmin. So the, when we say over here Shamayim, we mean Shamayim as it is Becoming as he's bending from Shamayim to become Oretz. To lo- it's a preparatory state for Oretz for Earth. But he says, This whole thing is this whole program of coming down, whether to the Shamayim, which is the Soivev, and of course coming down to the Oretz, 
or maybe both of them, because they're both equal to him, because even Shamayim is already, it's, it's a big Yerida, it's a very big descent by God. Upirish. Okay. Now, Upirish Bashamayim, when we say, Hamashpili Liroi, so now he's going to give you two Pirushim, just like in its Gavaldi. Just like in the beginning of the Maimah, we had two Pirushim in the words, Ba'orcha Nira Oir, with his light we see light. So now in, in, in Bashamayim, he's also going to give you two Pirushim. And what does it mean, Hamashpili Liroi, he lowers himself down, Bashamayim Abaris? One Pirush is, Hamashpili, he lowers himself down to see what's going on in heaven and to see what's going on in Oretz. So the Bashamayim is, he's going into Shamayim and he's going, to, he's going into Oretz to, to see what's happening there. Right? Simple, that's a simple meaning. Or the other meaning of Amashpil and Liris Bashamayim of Oretz is not that he's lowering himself down to be present and to familiarize or to see what's happening in Shamayim of Oretz, but rather, Hamashpili Lirois, how does he descend Lirois to see? How does he become visible? How does the Abishter Mashpili into the world? Bashamayim Va'aretz. Through with the tools, with the instruments of Shamayim and Aretz, we're gonna see what Shamayim and Aretz are. Through the avoid of Shamayim Va'aretz, through the element of heaven and earth, that's how the Abishter becomes Mashpili, that's how God lowers himself down. And here's the thing. We don't want Hamagbihi. We want Hamashpili. The Gentiles want Hamagbihi. See the difference? We want Hamashpili. Mashpili means God comes down to be close to us. Hamagbihi means he lifts himself up, exalted. Gentiles love God being exalted. They don't like God being down here. The Jewish people want Mashpili. When I say Gentiles, I should always, I want to make this announcement here. Uh, I, I mean, essentially, before the purification, when the Gentiles hopefully are, been transformed as a result of Torah and mitzvahs, it's a different story. Okay. So, yes? Where and where? The base Amikdash? Did they go there? Every day? No, people, some people who lived in Yerushalayim may, might have gone sometimes and watched it. I don't know. It was inside. The menorah, anyways, was lit in a place where you can't even see it. Right. It was lit in the. I'm sure most people stayed in their house most of the days. And, and sometimes if they went to the base Amikdash, they went to the base Amikdash. But even if they stayed in their home, the light of the menorah affected them spiritually. With the two bashamayim, it has two meanings. It means two things. That the Abishter lowers himself down to see into the heaven and into the earth. And we're going to see soon why that's such a big deal that the, uh, God, and why that's so special. That the Abishta lowers himself down to see in Shamayim and in Oretz. Vabez and the second Pirish is Kaloimar Sha'al Yedei Bichina Shamayim Vaoretz. Bashamayim Uba Oretz means with the Shamayim and with the Oretz, that's what brings him down. Mashpalas Atzma, he lowers himself down. Shaheim Hema Gormim, this is what causes Lepchenis Yerid Vashpalazu. 
this is what causes this Yerida, this is what causes this descent. Well, the explanation of the matter is, says the Alter Rebbe, what does it mean that the Eibishter is high? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the Eibishter is high up in space. Because space is cancelled to him. There is no space. Space is totally cancelled to the Eibishter. And God is the space of the world. And the world is not his space. He's, to- he's everywhere. It's not shy to say that he's high, he's distant. What does it mean, Gavoya? It means in quality. He's very, very elevated. Literally without an end. She is removed, and he is separated from the context of worlds. Why? What's the highest point of creation? Where does creation begin? With Chachma. Chachma is the first sphera in Olam Atzilus. It's the first beginning of creation. And what do we say about Chachma? Kulam b'chachma asisa. That even Chachma is considered like a physical act to Hashem. It's very, very removed from Him. V'oylam chesed yibana. And the world is built on chesed. All the worlds are structured on chesed. And what's chesed? And chesed, Hashem is infinitely higher than chesed. V'hu yizbarach ram v'nisam imadreges chachmi Allah. The Eibishter is way abon, beyond Chachma. The Chesed Elyon. And he's way above Chesed. The Eilam, Aroich Eilav Yisbarach they don't have any value to him. They're meaningless to him. Ukedichsiv, like it says about all the ten spheroids, Lecha Hashem Agedula. It says about all the spheroids, Lecha Hashem Agedula, to you God is Gedula. What does that mean? That gedula chesed is cancelled to you. Shamidas agedula who betela elav. When we say the chashem agedula, that means that all the spheroids are non-entities, as if they don't exist. They're just like a tiny little speck in an infinite, compared to an infinite power. Nothing. It's not even called gedula. What we say as gedula, what's gedula? Gedula is God's chesed. That is the power of life for all of the universe. For all, of, for all of creation, for all worlds. To the Eibishter, that's not called Gedula. The Eibishter, that's the most silliest thing that he creates these, these worlds. So to him, the Gedula is cancelled. He's infinitely abide. which is even higher than Chesed. To the Eibishter, it's considered like a physical action. Like it says, That Chachma by you is like an Asiyah. This that the Abishter is mislabish, this that the Abishter encloses himself in Chachma, the Chesed and Chesed, and he, and he, and he is mispashed, he, he, he expands himself into the world. It's a tremendous descent and a lowering of God. Hold on, hold on. So the God lowers himself down, humble, humbles himself to lower himself down into Chachma and into Chesed to be in a relationship with the world. Now what happens if the Abishta doesn't lower himself down? So here's the interesting thing. You know, it's so amazing how you can learn these Maimarim. Most people don't have the time and the resources to sit down and learn the Maimari Admar Azakin and learn the Mitlarev's Maimar. So when you learn Torah R, it's so easy to miss the point. It's so easy not to see the neshama of what he's saying. So you have to learn a mimer like you're learning deep something, right? It's a, 
So what the Rebbe is really saying over here isn't based on it. It's like this. Of course, when the Ebishter created the world, he emanated Tzvira Sachachma, and he emanated Tzvira Sachesed, and as a result of that, he created the world. But as I told you earlier, God was doodling. He's doodling. When you doodle, you're doodling, and you're saying, you know, you can, you can be making beautiful images, but you're not there. And your mind can be somewhere, and you can you forget the paper. And Matt, now, if you wrote notes of this class, like you're doing, so the notes you're not going to forget. The notes, you're gonna, you, because it's precious to you, because you invested. This is coming from your panemius, your mind, you're in, you put yourself into, you wrote the notes, you took the class, you're there. But if you were at, this, at a certain point, you were doodling, the paper that you doodled can end up staying over here, end up in the garbage, you forget about it, because you just doodled. With God, it's the same thing. Creation, the Abish to doodled. And as a result of that, the whole thing can be forgotten. That's why we said the Zeichei Kolon, we asked the Abish to remember the world. It's nothing, it's, it's so insignificant. What we're asking is, and that when we say that the Eberster is mashpil himself, means not that he creates a world. It means that he himself lowers himself down into the doodle. That he takes interest in the doodle. And he invests himself completely in it, even though it's of its own value, it's insignificant. But the Eberster himself comes into it. He lowers himself into it. And, and you know, in the, in the beer of the mimer, it's gewaldic. I never saw this in later in the beer. He says something so gewaldic. Ugh, ugh, it's so good. I've never seen it before. He says, what's the difference between tefillin before? You know, tefillin is a holy, Yossi, tefillin is a holy thing. A person orders a beer as a tefillin. Pays a lot of money for the sofa to make the tefillin. The tefillin is holy. The mezuzah is holy. These are uch fatzim of kedusha. And what is the tefillin? But then what happens? A yid puts on the tefillin. What's the difference between the tefillin after they're made, they're holy already, and the tefillin after a Jew puts it on? What's the difference? So he says a gavaldi. The tefillin, when they're on the table, they're also holy. They represent, what's the tefillin? The tefillin is chachma and bina. It has four parashiyas. Chachma, bina, and the das that divide into two. It's the spheroids. But it's the spheroids as they are alone. When the Jew puts on the tefillin, that's when the Oirein Saif is mislapish in the tefillin. So the tefillin, the first, the tefillin is tefillin. And it says in, in Pasach Leo, it says like this, that the, you read Pasach Leo, it says, it speaks all about the whole structure, the Abish to Ant, Antu Dapikas, you were the one who emanated Eser Svira in the end to, the 10 Svirois, you emanated them and everything. And then it says, V'chant Antistalik Minhoin, when you pull out of it, they all remain like a goof without a nishal. So, what, but then he asks the question over there in the beer. He says, "Hold it! If the Abishta pulls out of them, then they should disappear completely. What does it mean? They're there like a body without a soul, as if they have a body." So the Rebbe says, "No, that's the answer that I told you about the doodling." No, the Ebershter emanates the spheroids with the chitzainiyas, the gechayas. That's there and that doesn't go out. When we say vechat antestalik manayim, means when it's pnimiyas ha-moichin, when it's moichin the godless, when the Ebershter is invested in the doodling, when the Ebershter puts himself into the spheroids, he himself, that he's fully there. Or else, he can pull out, it still remains a doodle, but he's not there in it. So it's still in existence because there's a chitzainiyas, the gechayas there, but it's an insignificant thing. That's the whole theme of the Mimer. 
We, the Jewish people, get God involved. We get the Abishter to want to be part of it, to be invested, to lower himself into it. Without the Jewish people, the Abishter is Ramakal Goyim, the Abishter withdraws high up. There's a creation. The world doesn't turn back into nothingness. There's no panemistic life over there. Let's read it inside. This is lapshus. This enclosement that the Abish Tashimim is lavish. It's the Torah and the mitzvahs. They're the inner interest that God has to be involved in the world. That's his, that's his pleasure. So through Torah and mitzvahs, the Abish himself comes into the world. As it says, The Abish puts on tefillin. That's what we learned just now. It's the Oyrein Soif, the Abishter himself, entering into the tefillin when he puts on tefillin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mispalel, the Abishter Davins. That means he's, um, usually tefillin is in Malchus. It means that Hashem himself is entering Malchus. V'omru, Chazal also say, Malamet Shenes Atev HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the Abishter wrapped himself in tzitzis. So you see God wears tzitzis, Hashem, Davins, Hashem. V'omru, and Chazal also say, Chulu, Gimel Rishayin, Oisi Yoshev HaOisik Petayra. The first three hours in the day, the Abishta learns Torah. Isn't this amazing? So when you schedule your day to do davening, and to learn Torah, and to put on tefillin, and to wear tzitzis, and to visit the sick, you're basically scheduling God's day. Unbelievable. You're not scheduling your day, you're scheduling God's day. Because you, as you're entering into the tzitzis and into the tefillin and into the davening and into the learning and into these things, you're being mamshich the abish. They're also into these things. And so it is all the mitzvahs. The zau, and this is the meaning of Asher Kedishanu b'mitzvah he sanctified us with his mitzvahs. B'mitzvah daika, in his mitzvahs. And what does it mean, Asher Kedishanu? Asher Kedishanu means that the abish gave you the button. The Abishta gave you the switch. The Abishta said, you can make me put on my talis. You can make me put on my tefillin. You can have me invest myself in the world. Daika, what does that mean? First, the mitzvahs are the 248 commandments. The 248 limbs of the king. What does it mean, limbs? Limbs means, I want to ask you, uncle, uh, great uncle, uh, I don't know, um, No, 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 I need one of, a name that's unique to a great uncle that you only have. Like, uh, hold on, hold it, hold it, hold it. Uh, old Hungarian name, I need one that you wouldn't. Uh, no, that's not a good, that's not good. Okay. No, no, there's always, there was always an uncle that had this weird name that was, he was like the, any case. He passed away 30 years ago. He's in a shama. You'll light in a yard site, you'll, you'll light a yard site lamp for him. Beautiful. But there's no tangible reality of uncle whatever. When is uncle whatever tangible and real to you? When it comes to your Hanukkah party. In order for him to come to your Hanukkah party, he needs to be in a body. When he's in a body, that tangible spirit is in a body that he can show up to your Hanukkah party, you can talk to him and be real to you. Or else he's Eichel of you have a little candle in the shul for him, Passed away whenever, so on and so forth. Same as with God. God is an intangible being up there. In order for the Abishta to be real, that you can communicate and be very real in this world, the Abishta needs a body. 
What's the body? The body are the Eser Sphiros, the Ramach Evarim, the Malka, which are the 248 mitzvahs. That's what they are. And when you're doing mitzvahs, you're giving the Ebesh the Raguf. You're actually creating God as a human, meaning you're giving him a tangible existence. Keloyma, Kamoilo Marshal, just like the Marshal Aver Gashmi, the physical body. And, and when you're seeing, uh, when you're seeing your uh, whatever, it bothers me. I, I'm thinking of a certain uncle of mine that I can't remember the name. Like from my mother's side, there was a great uncle. It would have been so good if I had that name. But in any case, it's silliness. Kamoilo Marshal Aver Gashmi, like the physical limb. So when you think about it, the body is just, it, 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 the, the, the body dissolves in the person. When, when, you, when, when, you're seeing, when you're talking to a person and you see their physical hand, if you're seeing their physical hand, you're not really seeing them. The hand is just, it's just, it's them, it's their neshama, it's their spirit, it's the, who they are, and the body is totally canceled in their personality. So the, and that's what mitzvahs are. Mitzvahs are something that the abishter is, it's totally canceled to the Abishter. That's in that Indian. They're unified with others. But why do they do the mitzvahs? They give you a God that's very real. They give you an Abishter that's here. Mamish. And with and through them. And with them and through them. The Giloi. Of the Oirein Tzayif, of the Infinite One, is drawn The Eibishter is mislabesh in Chachma. The Eibishter is mislabesh, he enclosed himself in Chesed. The Kiddishanu, and what's the holiness? The Eibishter the sanctified us with his mitzvahs. That what? Shebe Yisrusa deletata. That in our Yisrusus, Basiyas Adam mitzvahs Hashem, when the person does the Abishta's mitzvahs, the person causes the Yisraelis above, and the Ruach, the spirit from below, draws the spirit from above, that God does the same thing. So we're the ones who take the Abishta down from being magbihi, from being above, withdrawn, above and higher, and mashpili, we cause him to descend down into the world. Vizehu, and this is the meaning of why we, the Jewish people, are asking the Abishter, Habeit Mishamayim, look down from heaven, and see. We always ask Hashem, Habeit Mishamayim. Luchura, what's the weird thing? Habeit! God, look, what do we care? What do we Habeit Mishamayim, look from heaven. And what happens if, if Hashem is not in Shamayim today? What happens if Hashem went to a place beyond Shamayim? And if you say Hashem is everywhere, then Hashem is Ba'aretz also. So what does it mean, Habeit Mishamayim? Habait mi oretz. What's the Indian of Habait mi shamayim? Why emphasis shamayim? And then we also say, even in Chumash we say, Look down from your holy abode. From where? From heaven. And bless the Jewish people. So what does it mean? And bless the Jewish people. Look from heaven and bless the Jewish people. The answer is like this. It's possible for God to look at the world, but when he's not looking from heaven, if he's looking from God, from God being truly God, then the blessing isn't necessarily going to come to the Jewish people. The blessing is going to come, it might go to other places, chas v'shalom. For the blessing to come to Israel and to the Jewish people, we're asking God not to look from God, but to look from heaven. What does that mean? 
because it says, He's exalted over the nations, Hashem is. God is exalted over the nations. What does that mean? Sha'akum, the nations, mekablim, chayus. It doesn't only mean that God is above. What does it mean? The nations, their relationship is with a transcendental God, with a distant God, with a removed God. And therefore, sha'akim, mekablim, chayus, the nations, their mekabal life, mitzad roimimus Hashem, from God's exaltedness. And the Abishter his nasus and the Abishter's elevation into himself. What does that mean? Because Hashem from his very essence, Ram Venisa is exalted, Megeder Alman. The Abishter is exalted and elevated from, from, from worlds. The upper world and the lower world. And the worlds don't have any, 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 any yichos, any um, uh, association and any relationship to him. And since God is that way, when God gets into that mood, what mood? The withdrawal mood. When the Abishtari gets pulled back into himself, then, he, then the world becomes just an insignificant doodle. And when the world become an insignificant doodle, then all kinds of things can happen on that doodling page. And it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect him. That's when the nations are strong. Because they know that when, here's the thing, they know that they're not serving Hashem's interests. They're serving themselves. They're here to party and have a good time. They're not interested in God. So they know when God is taking a, a personal interest in creation, He's not going to feed them. He's not going to support them. He's going to put his resources where it's beneficial to him. And where is it beneficial to him? To the Jewish people. So they'd like the Abishter much better to get into a dream, to a dream state, meaning to pull out of the world, to go back into being the big, generous, endless, infinite God, so that he's not really looking what's happening down here. And then they can derive energy from that withdrawn, transcendental... Then energy flows from the Abishter, but it's indiscriminate. You see that? When the Abishter is withdrawn, then energy flows from him, but he's not discriminating so much where it goes. And that's what gives the nation's power. Al Yisrael over the, na- over the Jewish people, Bismana Golos during the time of exile. Like we see, the Chazal say when the Jewish pe- that what, what, at the onset of the Golos, what happened? Goyim Meraktim Behechaloi. The nations were dancing. Imagine that. The, the nations, when they were destroying the Beis Migdosh, had music, and they were dancing in his sanctuary, in the Hechel, desecrating the place, like the Greeks, and then later the Romans, and God is quiet. The Gemara says that the Chachamim wanted to take out the words, they wanted to take out the words, Gibar. They said, where is God's greatness? Where is God's awesomeness? Noira, he's feared. We don't see that. And you know what they answered? That's his greatness and that's his fear. Why? But that's his awesomeness. What is it? He's so awesome. He's, why is it his greatness? It, this too is proving on his greatness. What's the greatness? He's so great that all this is insignificant to him. The fact that they're dancing over there, it's meaningless. So who are they? They're nothing. The whole world is nothing. The fact that that... So it should not, So that itself is an indication of the Abishter's true greatness of how withdrawn he is. But we don't want that greatness. 
It's true about his greatness, but we don't want that because that's a disconnected kind of a greatness. But, but the MS, that too is a greatness. That's showing how infinite and removed and, and, and above it all he is, how aloof he is. Kishamamis, and, and, and to prove this further, he, he brings a Pasuk, which it says in Mishlei or in Kehelas. Shemamis biyadayim titafis, a spider is grabbed by every hand. Every, every person, when they see a spider, does what? Grabs a fly swapper or whatever it is and tries to kill it. There's one place that spiders get away and no one bothers them. In the palaces of kings. In a, in, in, in a, a woman, a, a small little house, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little, a, a, a little home where there's a small little kitchen and a small little bedroom and a small little area, living area. When there's a spider there, the, the woman of the house chases the spider out. But in a huge royal palace, it's so vast that it's so big, spiders can find themselves little corners that no one will ever notice because it's so big. It's, it's so insignificant. So that's what the Shlomo HaMelech says. And the Shlomo HaMelech is saying that in regards to the powers of evil. If this is God's world, how can there be powers of evil still here? And the answer is, they're so insignificant that the Abishta doesn't even look at them. So, a spider is grabbed by every hand, but she parades around in the chambers of a king. Why? They don't occupy any space. There's no reason for him to get enraged upon them. They're nothing. All the worlds, the upper and the lower, in front of God, they're all nothing, nada. It says, His name is exalted alone. Only a little ray, as we said before, he doodles on heaven and earth. It's only a little ray of him, but he himself is above it. And this is why it also says that by Golos, what happens? We turn over the page. When the Abishter withdraws above, when God goes into himself, the meaning is, the Zohar says that when, when does Golos happen? When God withdraws above. That means when the Abishter withdraws into a higher self, not involved, then this world turns into a chas v'shalem, that he's, he removes his, his, his open, visible hashgacha from the world, and then the world over here can become a, can become a jungle. The chayas goes up from the ray above, above. To the Abishter's very essence. Then the worlds become nil and void. The worlds become nothing. The worlds are nobody. Then it's like a person sleeping. See, the worlds are considered the body. The Abishters consider the soul. What's the difference between a person being awake when a person is sleeping? When a person is awake, that he's actually investing himself in his brain and in his heart. He's fully present. And then he's very aware, because as we said earlier, if a fly marches, goes on his body or on his table, what happens if you're awake and a, and a fly comes next to your food? You shoo it away. But if you're asleep, then not only can the fly come on your bed, not only can the fly come on your table, but the fly can actually go on your nose and, it wouldn't, and, and, and you don't even notice it. It's meaningless. 
because you're, you're removed from the body. And that's what happens during Galus, the Abishter returns back to his exalted self, and the life in the world is like a sleeping person. Like a person who's asleep. His seichel went away from the keli. Which is the body. Where did the seichel go? It went back up to the core, to the essential soul. And what's left over in the body is only A, fantasizing the power of imagination. Which is only a, only a trace. So he said it's only a trace. And therefore, what are we looking for? That's what Golas is. It's the opposite of being involved. It's the opposite of Torah and Mitzvahs. It's the opposite of a Hamashpili. That's the level of Hamagbi. The Abishter is being high. The Abishter is being exalted. And therefore we say when the Geula comes, when God punishes the wicked, Hashem woke up from asleep, like as if he was sleeping. Uksiv, and it says, we the Jewish people are called, we, we, wake, we wake Hashem up. Ura lama tishan Hashem. Awake Hashem. Why are you sleeping? We want it should be the giloy, the investment of the oren soif in chachma and in chesed. In Hashem's very essence. He himself should be fully enclosed in the body of Chachma and Chesed, the Ya'er Panov, and then he's going to shine his face, meaning his Pnimius Ritzainoi, his inner will is going to be present in the world, and what does the Abishter want? He wants to be revealed in this world, through what? Through Torah and Mitzvahs. Who learns Torah and who does Mitzvahs? The Jewish people. Where should God invest his resources? To the Jewish people. Where should he not invest his resources? To, the, to, to those that are against him. So he pulls the energy away from the Klippa and he puts it to the Jewish people. They go bankrupt and we're enriched. No, that's why we want God to be awake and they want God to be asleep. We want Hashem to be involved and they want the Abishta to be withdrawn. And that's through the Torah and the Mitzvahs. And that's the reason we say, We don't want you, God, to be above the heavens. Because when the Abishta goes to sleep, he rises above the heavens. He goes all the way up into himself. He's above Shemayim. We say, we don't want that. We want you to look from heaven. Look, look through the Torah. When you're looking at the world through the Torah, through Chachma, then, you, then you're looking at the world and you see it's, it's, it's a vision of your wisdom, of the, your intelligence, of what is right and what is wrong, what is beautiful and what is ugly. We say, look, it's Chachma, which is Torah. Shamayim, that's where water is. What's water? Water is Torah. Which is the Torah. It's compared to water. And when the Abishter is going to look through the Torah, then the blessing is going to come to the Jewish people. Why? Key. And this is the part that's in the Bamitzvah Mimer, this whole piece here. When Hashem looks through the Shamayim, when Hashem is looking through at the world through Torah, we the Jewish people will be seen before Him. We will be seen before Him as something big. I said to you earlier, when Hashem looks through the Torah, it's like looking through a magnifying glass. Where in a magnifying glass, everything you look through the glass is focused and big. Shekol, Iker, because uh, then we will be seen as very important and big. And therefore, 
Why? Why are we seen as Davar Chashev? Because since the Abish is looking through Torah, and what's Torah? Torah brings the Abish to to revelation. And where is God revealed? In the Jewish people. Shekol Iker Hasaga Vahagiloi. The main Hasaga grasping God and revelation. Who are Yedea Torah? In other words, through Torah, God becomes knowable and known and, 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 and apprehended. Without Torah, we don't really have much apprehension in God. And we, the Jewish people, have the Torah. And that makes the Jewish people very important. And the Torah is by us in a revealed way. And if God wants to be revealed, His revelation comes through the Torah, and we're the ones who activate that revelation, and so forth. And this is also the reason where it says, that the heavens opened. Now what Shemayim? Shemayim is Torah. As a result of the Shemayim being opened, it means the Torah, we can see God. We see godly vision. Through Torah we get to know Hashem. The Torah is a very clear, it's like, it's like seeing through a very clean glass. When you're looking at Torah, and let me put it this way. To look without a glass, Earlier we spoke about Hashem looking down at us. When Hashem looks at us, when He looks through the glass of Torah, we're like magnified. We become big. It also works the opposite. When we look through the Torah, who do we see? We see Hashem. Let me explain something. When you look through glasses, what happens? Why do some people need glasses? Because the light, whatever, is too strong or whatever it is, and you can't have a, you know, it's not focused. What the glass does is it concentrates, I'm not exactly, the, 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 the shape, the angle of the light, of the glass, is able to concentrate the light in a way that it gives you a clear vision of whatever you're looking at. It focuses it. God is very, very bright, infinitely bright. If you look at Him without Torah, you're trying to just look at Him, because of His brightness you can't see anything. When you're looking at Him through Torah, it limits Him, and you can capture Him, and, and have a clear vision in the divine. So when God looks through the Torah, He sees us as important. When we look through the Torah, we see Him. And we're looking at each other, and that's the relationship. So that's why through the Torah, we have a relationship with God. And that's called Shamayim. Through the Shamayim. It's, it's, um, so now He's going back to the Abishter. So through, through the Torah, through the Shamayim, we are seen before him, like when someone looks through a, a glass, a very clean glass, it's through a clean, usually mara means a mirror, but I don't think over here it means a mirror, because it's not a reflection of self, it, you, it's, a, it's a keli, that it's a glass, that, which is from clean glass, through the mara, the thing that you're looking at, looks appears to be a big thing, Yoiser, it's bigger than it really is. Or Meshubach Yoiser, and it has greater, it's, it's more, it has of greater importance. It's more valuable. From what you're looking at, when you're not looking at through a mara, through a, through a glass. When the Eibishter looks at the world through the Torah, Nirim Lefan of Yisrael, so then the Jewish people appear to him, Shehem Mekaimim Torah. They're the ones who fulfilled the Torah. We, the Jewish people, are seen as praised and great people. The Zel, and that's the meaning of Mika Amcha Yisrael. 
Who is your nation like Israel? Goy echod ba'aretz. We reveal God in aretz, in the earth. And that's what Torah wants, that we should reveal Hashem. No. Pidishahem mamshichem. We're the ones who draw down. Liyashoyro mizgale. That the Eber should reveal himself. B'chines avaya echod. The one avaya. Sheyashoyro he should dwell ba'aretz atachtoyin in the lower earth. But that's only when the Eberster is ashkifam and mo'in kachacham and ashamayim, when the Eberster is looking from heaven. When Hashem is not looking from heaven, when Hashem is looking from his infinite, elevated state beyond heaven, everything is equal, it's all meaningless. And then there's no virtue of the Jewish people over the, there's no necessary mila and quality over Yidin over the non Jews, chasrashal. However, so you see that through. So what's the main thing? For us to make God concrete, for us to bring Hashem down into a metzias, into a revealed, into a state of beingness, as opposed to, it's through Torah mitzvahs, but the Rebbe is going to add one thing. Your, your Torah mitzvahs has to be made out of gold. And that's what I spoke about in the beginning. It's not enough just to do Torah and do mitzvahs. You have to want the relationship. You have to have a fire. There has to be an underlying passion an underlying fervor, an underlying desire to want to be close. And that underlying desire, which is the gold, allows for the menorah to be a menorah to capture the fire, to capture the Abish to coming down. If it's not gold and we're not a menorah, we don't bring it down. Mitzvahs need kavana. What's kavana? Needs intention. The kavana is the kavana of the heart. And what's the kavan of the heart? Reusa deliba, the yearning of the heart. Lahamshech oirin soif baruchu to draw down the oirin soif, mimakoira de kula from the source, from its from its initial source. Sheyumshach v'yizgale bepchinas chachma v'chesed. That the Eibush should reveal himself in chachma and in chesed. We should want to have the Eibush revealing himself through chachma and chesed. It means we want to be in a relationship with him. What does that do with gold? That's the gold. When you look at gold, gold sparkles. Take gold and move it. Move it in the light. If you move gold in the light, you'll see it sparkling the whole time. A Jew has to constantly be glittering. He has to be sparkling. What's the sparkling? It's the fire in his heart. Even if he doesn't have emotion, even if he's not feeling, but deep inside, he wants, he wants. It's like flaming coals. A Jew has to have an underlying flame desire. The desire of the heart. With the flames of love. And when is that? How can you do Torah and you say all mitzvahs have to be done that way? How can you do all your mitzvahs and constantly have a flame and not just do your mitzvahs like a schlepper? You know, schlepping and pulling yourself and dragging yourself. How do you do a mitzvah with that underlying fervor? Usually mitzvahs become, oh, Hanukkah we can do with excitement because it's a new mitzvah, we're just doing it this week. But mitzvahs you do every day, they kind of like become boring. They become repetitive and dry. But when one will fulfill what Chazal say, every day you're waking up in the morning, you're like supercharged, you're excited, you're ready to dance. I'm not a guy, I'm a Jew. I can do mitzvahs. Wow. 
Every day your mitzvahs are totally new. Why? When a person takes into his heart. And one contemplates in his brain and his intelligence. Mashakas of this that it says, God is first and God is last. That means to him, all of creation is absolutely naught and nothing. And you realize how MS and how absolute God is. And creation is nothing. And then you realize that you tiny little peepsqueak, you little nobody, an entity existing in a speck of time and space, <laughs> and even in the universe, how much space do we occupy? And we live in a tiny blip of time, our 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it is, fine, what is that? It's a blip of nothing. And yet from the midst of that tiny little blip, you can reach out to the Ani Rishon Vani Achroin and draw him down into a relationship with you. How can you not be excited? Every day, however, you have to rethink this. That's the idea. To God, Hashem didn't change. That means creation is a non-existence to Him. It's so nothing. And yet from this nothingness, you can attach yourself to the real being. You are before the world is created. You're after and all of creation is not. This is the one pirish of Shemayim Oretz. According to this pirush, Hamashpili Leroy, the Abishta lowers himself down. Bashamayim, Uba Oretz. Hashem lowers himself down into Chachman Chesed. And Hashem lowers himself down into Malchus. Hashem lowers himself down into the Soiviv Kalalman, into the Mamala Kalalman, into the world. As a result of what? Of our Avoda. Fine. You can explain in the last piece. The other, the other Pirush in Amashpili Liroz, Bashamayim, through the Shamayim and the Oretz which we're going to see in a moment. In the next piece, he's going to introduce something even deeper. There is the gold, and he's going to give a deeper peerage to the gold. gold. Gold meaning not just passion, but gold coming from the left side is the element of gavura, which is bittel, which we're going to see in the next piece. But I'm going to take a little break now for a few minutes. You remember he said that Hamashpili Lirois, that Hashem lowers himself down to to see Bashamaya Muba'aretz as two Pirushim. One is Bashamaya Muba'aretz into the heavens and into the earth, which is what the Pirush that we spoke about till now, um, that Hashem is not looking and not in a transcendental state, but he's in a more present, involved, invested state. And then Bashamaya Muba'aretz also means that he, um, how does he lower himself down? through the Shamayim and through the Aretz. Now, interesting, I would think that that too was explained already because it's through our observance of Torah and Mitzvahs, which is called Shamayim and Aretz, that's what brings him down, into Shamayim and into Aretz. So, in other words, it, it would almost seem that he already explained both Pirushim and Shamayim and Aretz. Bashamayim means with the heaven, into the heaven, and also, because basically, as a result of our Torah mitzvah, <coughs> as a result of our mitzvahs that we do, the Eberster comes down to be in, the, in his limbs, in his body. That's number one. And secondly, how does he come down into his body? Through his body. That means when we activate his body, that's how he comes down into his body. Because when we're learning Torah. But yet, for some reason, he's not, he, 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 
the Alter Rebbe in the Mimer is like that, that he didn't yet explain. What he just explained is that we draw him in into the body. But how we do it through Torah mitzvahs has not really been explained yet. It bothered me when I learned it because Lachur, he explained it already. So, but I think there might be something. Yeah, he said it already earlier. He spoke earlier that there are Ramachi Varim the Malka. And Ashakidishanu Bimitzvoisav. And when we do the mitzvahs, he sanctified us that as a result of us doing it, he's doing it. Why? Oh, that Indian, he didn't yet mention that much. But it's obvious already from, from his. He said Shamayim is Shamayim, which is Torah. You're right, he didn't say explicitly that mitzvahs are called Oretz. But that's not the Chiddush of the next piece, that mitzvahs are called Oretz. What seems like the Nikud of the next piece of the Mimer is that in, in this Indian of drawing Hashem down into Shamayim, and, in, and that's how it comes out from the beer also, from the explanation later is that in this Indian of we, the Jewish people, being able to generate the Eberster's descent into Chachma and into Chesed and into all the Esospheros and God's involvement in the world and God's presence in the world, that itself can be on two levels. So earlier, if you remember, we just learned that if you do it without any, if, if, if the mitzvahs are just done robotically, they're just done, you know, um, casually, uh, what we might say, um, habitually, it's not really causing anything. It needs to be mitzvah striches kavana. Mitzvah needs kavana. Which is the zahav, the gold, the, the fire. But now he's gonna, the Rebbe is going to say something much deeper. And he says that There's two levels in, in this drawing the Eberster down into, I mean, let me put it this way. If you learn straight from here, you won't see these two levels. But based on the, the beer and, and the like, and then later you can see the two levels that he's talking about over here. And that is like this. Even in this Indian that you bring the Eberster down into Chachman, into Chesed, into the thing, it can be two on two levels. It can be that you're bringing the Eberster's oyer, the Eberster's light, the oring soif, the infinite one, and draw it down into, into Chachman, into Chesed. Or it can be that you're being Mamshech, literally Atzmos himself, God himself. From the source of sources, the very, very essence of essence, the, 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 you're, you're bringing it, you're, 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 you're drawing from, the, from, from Mamash, from, from the, and that's infinitely higher. That's a much higher Amshach. And that's going to depend on two levels of Torah Mitzvahs. Before we spoke about Torah Mitzvahs with passion, that Torah Mitzvahs with passion is very powerful. But you know what's even more powerful? Torah Mitzvahs that you're doing when, with Bittal, when you don't want to do it. See, earlier we spoke about Mitzvahs that you're just doing out of habit. So you're not, you're not putting in any effort, you're just doing it. It's just a natural kind of thing. I'm talking about that. Now we're talking about when, when there is energy, but there's, th there's two kinds of energy. There's an energy of passion, excitement that we spoke about here, the gold, the desire. But there's even a deeper thing. There is a, a, a bittel. And the bittel means that you, you really don't want to do the mitzvah. You're tired, you're not in the mood of it. So the Rebbe says like, 
and that's what it says in the Mamar Admin Azakin over here, he's, as he explains it. There's a Yid who does mitzvahs when, when they're inspired, you know, when, when they have that fire, when that gold is kind of, when they can sense that gold there. When they have that fire. So when they're in the mood, they learn Torah. When they're, when, they're, when they're feeling up to it, they're inspired. They give tzedakah. They, they go on mitzvahim. They do this mitzvah, do that mitzvah. And that's, and that's good. So there's an inspiration. But it's based on their mood and it's based on their understanding and where their mind is at and what kind of clarity they have. Deeper than all of that is when a yid is bottled to the abishter and like a, like a servant, like an evid. That bittel and that servant and that... Where you're, where you're being mavatal your entire metzias for the Abishter. You're nullifying your existence for God because you, really, you don't want to, but you're pushing yourself anyways. Like an avoidas eved, that causes the Abishter too to have bittel. What's the bittel? The ultimate descent from God's essence into being in a, to stepping out of himself and to, and to step into a relationship it requires the Abishter to have bittel. The Abishter has to put his, himself to the side and be mevatel himself for us. And he does that when we're mevatel ourselves for him. So there's two levels of Torah mitzvahs. There's a Torah mitzvahs that are done with, 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 um, with inspiration and the light. And that's wonderful. That's already causing God's light that it, you know, to understand this a little better, let's use the, well, this whole mimer is evolving around the menorah, right? The, the mimer is evolving around the menorah and the seven pipes that are flowing into the menorah, seven lamps, and in the lamps are seven pipes. But above the seven pipes is a bowl. The bowl is getting new oil from the crushed olives, from the olives. So the Rebbe is saying like this, in order for the olives to be crushed, the olives in this case would be God himself. In order for that oil to come out, there needs to be a crushing in the olives, which means a certain bittel, which allows for new oil to come into the, into the bowl. So the Rebbe says like this regular Torah mitzvah, even though it will continue a flow of oil, but it's only oil that's in the bowl already, or better than that, oil that's in the, in the, in the tubes. The oil that's in the tubes are enhanced as a result of your mitzvah, they're entering the neiros. The neiros is the chesed, the gavura. They're, they're entering the midos. From what? From energy that's already within the pipelines. The abishter's interest, so to speak, already to be to some degree involved in a creation. You're enhancing it. You're intensifying. You're strengthening it. But there's a whole different story. To get totally new oil, gulas roisha, the gula is the, is the bowl on the top. That's the level of keser. That's getting to the very shoyrish mucker of everything. To get to that, to that can only be triggered through squeezing. What's the squeezing? The squeezing is the bittel of serving God like an evid. It's like you take upon yourself every day to learn so and so, and you're ready to die, but you're going to do it anyways. You're not in the mood, you just don't want to, you're killing yourself, you're going to do it anyways. You make upon yourself, this is what I'm doing this year, mitzvah or whatever it is, or the mitzvah that I'm going to do, and you're so not in the mood of it, you had it, you're just not going to, and you do it anyways. It's that doing of anyways that is the deepest and the highest. That's what causes what we might call Atzmus himself, the Abishter at his very, very essence, to turn and lower himself down into the relationship. And that too is called gold. 
Because gold is gevura, and that takes gevura. That's coming from the north. We said earlier, mitzafan zav yahasa. The, the, the gold comes from the north. It's a bitl. North is on the... On the it's, it is a bitl. There is a nullification of self. It's that nullification of self that generates the whole... The gold in the menorah, the bitl in the menorah. Before he learned gold as what? As fire. Passion. Now he's learning gold as bitl. And it's that bitl that causes all. Let's learn it inside. The other Pidish. Who Hagoyrim Ashpala that the Shemayim and the Oretz cause the Abersha to lower himself down? Yuvam will be understood. With what it says over here in the in the Pasuk, the Gila Al Roisha, then on the top of the menorah there is a bowl. Shapidish Gula Humaloshin Gulas Hakoiseras. It's a bowl, it's like a crown. Shuphenas Keser Lamailaman Arosh. It's a keser, it's a crown above the head. See, Torah mitzvahs. What's Torah mitzvahs? Torah is the head. Torah mitzvahs on its own. Torah is the head. And the mitzvahs are the limbs coming from the head. But what is above the head is the crown. What's the, what, makes Torah, what takes your Torah mitzvahs to the whole level, to a whole new level, when your Torah mitzvahs reach, reach the crown? They reach above your head. And how do a Torah mitzvahs reach above your head? Through bittel and kabbalah soil. When you're doing it just like a servant of God. But who wears a crown? How do you get to the crown? To the head, I understand how you get to the head. You learn Torah. But how do you get to the crown above the head? Who wears a crown? The melech wears a crown. So malchus wears the crown. Malchus. Oh, so what does that mean in our in our Ravidis Hashem? Malchus is Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemayim. You just simply, you don't have all the understanding, you don't have all the Midois, you don't have all those higher things. You're serving God on a level of Malchus, it's the lowest level. The Abishter is your king and you're his subject. But when you're making God your king because you're just simply being obedient to him like a simple servant, then you're giving the Abishter a crown, which means you're, you're triggering the crown, the Keser. The splendored beauty, the Indian, and the, and the idea is, this is a very great rule in Hashem. When you're serving God out of will and out of choice, which is what? It's from the hasaga, from the grasping of the, of the intellectual, those who understand. They understand and appreciate the closeness of God, that it is good. That's not called the service of a servant. Because the main Indian of Avoida, because they're doing it because, it's, because they like it, because it's Kishmak, because, it, because, because, because they know getting close to God is so awesome. So therefore, because that's not real Avoida. To accept upon yourself the yoke of heaven. Which is above understanding. Like it says, Put the king upon you like a yoke. It's above your head. It's above your understanding. also say, Earlier it says in the Mishnah, Make your will be like his will. What does that mean? That means that you understand and you appreciate his 
the beauty of the divine of being in a relationship with God and you're making your will be consistent with Him, then you're ultimately you're doing it because you want to. Batel Ritzayimcha means nullify your will. I don't even have a will. You're, you're my master and I'm your servant. You nullify your will. As if, I, as if I'm like a robot. As if I don't have any will. I'm out. No will. Only to, com- to fulfill that which God is commanding. And when you do this, that's when you're creating such a nachas ruach to the Ebeshter. That bitl, and that's causing God Himself to move away from His selfhood. What's His selfhood? Atzmos being completely contained within Himself and to move down towards us. When you're accepting this, you're breaking sitra. What's sitra achra? Sitra achra is, is, the, is the feeling that there's some other will, there's some other reality other than God. So when you're, when you're nullifying even your holy will, it's not about my will. It's about doing what the Abishter wants. Your mamish breaking the sitra achra, the stalik yikar the kuchibirichu, when you cause the Abishter, and what, is, what, what does it mean, the stalik What it means is that the oir that's bepchenas histalkos, which means atzmus himself, that's totally behistalkos, it's totally removed from the world, is you, that rises upon all worlds. That is drawn down. Vezeu baruch atahavaya. In order for us to be mamshech ata, you, the very, very God Himself, Havaya, is throughout Eloikeinu Melech when you become king over the world. It's the thrill of being a king that gets God down more than anything else. The fact that His ideas, you see, when the Abishter is looking at the world, put it this way the fact that the Abishter's chachma, the Abishter's wisdom, and godly things are the world is appreciating Him. Oh, that excites him a little bit. That the world is acknowledging him, that excites him a little bit. But what excites him the most is when he can be a king. And when is he a king? When we have simple obedience to him. That's what triggers him in the deepest place. He's a king. And, then he, when he, and when a king is a king, he comes down with his crown. Because of the bitl ratzen, to be a simple servant to Hashem. Then it's drawn from above. That's when the Abishter is a Melech. But what's the Chiddush of him being a Melech? Is that when he's a Melech, he comes down with a king. When he, when he comes down with a crown. He needs an Am, an Am that's bottled. And in this sense, it says in the Mimer, an Eved is much higher than a son. An Eved is much deeper than a child. Because a child is consistent with his father. So when, for example, let's put it this way. What does that mean? It means that when we can be Megala, that we're, we're children of God, means we uncover our neshama. And we discover that there are so many things that God likes that we also like because we're similar to Him. Why? Because we're a neshama. So we like these spiritual things. That's wonderful. That's good. But even bigger than being a child and touching Him even deeper, the child comes from the father's what? Brain. The servant comes from the master's crown. Where does a crown go? On top of the brain. So when a yid can serve the Abishta not just as a child. And what's the sign if you're serving Hashem not just as a child? You're doing it even when you're not in the mood. A child kind of tunes out when they're not in the mood. A servant can't tune out when they're not in the mood. That's the whole thing about being a servant. I'm always there. Whether I'm in the mood when I'm not in the mood. And that bittle reaches the deepest.
you're my servants. And what's the point? Li, then you're me. You belong to me. To atzmos Li means to my very being. When you're in Eved, then you belong to me. Then there's a revelation of the Oyrein Soif. Look at these words. From the very source of everything. Much deeper than before. Before we spoke about the Oyrein Soif coming down from a transcendental place to a lower place. But this is to reach Atzmos. From the very mucker of everything. Requires Bittl. This is the second Pirish. And it's interesting. This is what we mean, that you cause him to come down through Shamayim and through Oretz. What does it mean? Only Torah and Mitzvahs. You hear? The other Pirish of Shamayim and that the Abish that comes down in Shamayim and Oretz, that can be Torah and Mitzvahs that are not done with Bittl. That also causes the Abish to flow in. But that the Pirish is that the Abish that flows into Shamayim and into Oretz, not that the Shamayim and the Oretz bring him down. But the Pirish of Amashpili Lido is Bashamayim, Uba Aret, that the Torah and Mitzvahs draw him down, that's when Torah and Mitzvahs are done with Bittal. And when Torah and Mitzvahs are done with self nullification and with Bittal, then Hamashpili to the Abishter himself. Hamashpili Lido Bashamayim Aret, Pirish Ayadeh, Bchina Shamayim Vaoret, and what Shamayim Vaoret? Shem Bchina's Torah Shabiksav, the Torah Shabalpeh. Torah Shabiksav is Shamayim. And Torah Shabbat is called Oretz. As we learned many times, Malchus Torah Shabbat is Oretz. Upa'amim, Shehem Nikram. Sometimes Shemayim and Oretz is Torah and Tefillah. Torah is Shemayim. Simply, because Torah is heavenly things. You're learning godly things. Tefillah is earth, because you're conveying to God what you feel. Your, your earth, your heart. And through this, Goyrim Yeridas from Shachas Oyrin Soif, you cause the Yerid and the descent of the Oyrin Soif, Baruch of Hashem Himself. Torah and Mitzvahs with Bittal, prayer too, and the, and the Milo over here in prayer, it's interesting. The Milo and Tefillah that he's going to be talking about is not just Tefillah closeness, Dveikus, it's the Bittal that comes through davening. The Milo of Tefillah is that you, because what's the Tefillah? The tefillah is that you're fighting with yourself. You're, 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 you, you notice what kind, a person suddenly is aware of the fact that I'm such a yesh. I'm so stuck in my own stupidities and my own limited nothingness. And in davening, you're wrestling with your ego. You're wrestling with that sense of self. And you're, and you're in pain from the fact. It hurts you. You're frustrated with the fact that you're so stuck in your own selfish motives and your own, own limited things. And that frustration, that's the Iker Inyan and Daviding from the perspective of this Mimer. is Aretz. What kind of Aretz? Why is Tfila called Aretz? It's the Bittal in Tfila. Because Aretz is Bittal, it's earth. Shubchenis bittel rots in the nullification. I'm davening so that in the end of davening I can say v'nafshi ka'afar la koyotia that I'm like dust. Liyos ka'afar to be like dirt. V'zeh inyan atzaka and this is why you're crying out b'meridus. That's also the gold element. Remember we said before gold is gevura. This is the bitterness. Tzaak libam the heart cries v'yitzaku el Hashem. I have I'm crying out Hashem batzar lahem through pain. The pain of what? 
the pain of my own yeshus, and I can't stand it. So I want to come out of it. I'm looking for the bittel. I want to be bottled to you. And through this, you get very close. What does he mean, paroi hikriv? This is a word from the Baal Shem Tov. We always see that paroi, which is the very, very ego, the very negativity, the very sitra achra, the very yet sahara, all the negativity hikriv brings you closer to God. Because you're fighting it. You're, you're, you're crushing that. You want to get out of it. Through this is oiridos. Mu'um kedaliba, from the depth of the heart. Bimiridus nafshoi with the bitterness of his nefesh, mipnimiyas nekudas alev, from the innermost of the nekud of the heart, azayden, iskafya sitra achra, the sitra achra is subdued, v'istalik yikara de kuchabrichu, and the abishter rises in all worlds. So he says two things that cause the sitra achra to break. Torah mitzvahs with what? Like an eved, with bitl, and davening also where you're crushing your ego, and you're frustrated by the yeshus that you have, and you're fighting it, that too. It's all the stalic, it's all breaking the sitra achra, which causes the giloy of atzmas. Stalic yukar de kuchibirich. So v'chein ayadeya toyro mitzvahs, and the same also through toyro mitzvahs. Shekidishanu b'mitzvahisav. Shehilanu b'katmah. So as it is explained, I want to, I know there's a the, the maimarim and toyro or generally are very cryptic, compared to the maimarim in Makuti toyro, it, so, but he's between the lines, okay? Between the lines that comes out of here is like this. We said earlier that if you learn Torah and mitzvahs and you're just doing it without any kavana, okay, not much of, a, not much of an effect. If you're doing Torah and mitzvahs with passion, with fervor, like we spoke earlier, with that gold, with that fervor, you're mamshich oyer, but you're mamshich oyer that's already in existence. You're not mamshich oyer that's not in existence at all. To be mamshich mimekura dekula from the very, very source, you need to do Torah mitzvahs with bittel. Only bittel reaches the very essence of the Ebeshter. Okay, so it's, right? Follow? Those are the three dargas. So it, it's interesting, this idea is the difference between, we say in davening, it says that we're supposed to say, there's two parshas in Shema. One of them is the second parsha, Vahoyim Shemaya. And the first parsha is Vahafta. And Chazal say, why do you have to say Vahafta before Vahoyim Shemaya? Because in Vahoyim Shemaya, you're being makabal upon yourself. What? Oil Hamitzvahs. You're obedient to the mitzvahs. In Shema, what are you being makabal? Your yoke of heaven. So the Rebbe explains, not here, but in the explains these two. These are these two madregas. He says, oil mitzvah is once the Abishter is already nimshach. Once God is nimshach already in the head, then to be mamshach the Abishter into the individual details, into this limb or that limb, that's called oil mitzvah. But first, you have to get Atzmus himself to bechlal take an interest. Once God has already been mamshich the oyer, then you have to be mamshich him into the details. You do that through mitzvahs. But in order to get atzmas himself, you need to have oil, oil, you have to have a bittel to the Abishter himself. And where is that accomplished? In the first parsha of Shema. Because over there you say, Bechol Mo'oytcha, with all your Mo'od. And Bechol Mo'oytcha, he says, has a double meaning. On the one hand, you have Shamayim and Oretz in Bechol Mo'otcha. In Bechol Mo'otcha, you have both Shamayim and Oretz. 
the the aretz of bechol ma'oitcha is in um, is is in kabbalas oil malchus That's called the aretz. Why is it called bechol ma'oitcha? Bechol ma'odecha? Why is it called bechol ma'odecha? Because bechol ma'odecha means what does Chazal say? Every midah that God will test you with, any any way Hashem deals with you, you will still thank Him. What does that mean? That you're consistent in your Yiddishkeit. It doesn't make a difference if you had a good day or a bad day. You're in the mood. You're not in the mood. You're consistent in your Yiddishkeit. But every midah, that's called aretz. That's the bittel that he spoke earlier. Bechol ma'idecha also means, in Hasidus we always learn, Bechol ma'idecha means avo beligavul, the love, that's the shamayim. But al kaponim, it's this shamayim and this aretz. is the higher shamayim and aretz. This is the shamayim and aretz of this of that through this Shamayim Va'aretz, your Mamshech the Ebishter himself. That's how Mashpili Nidos, Bashamayim Uba'aretz, that's the higher Avoida. Then there is the next level of Avoida. As we spoke earlier, the general idea that a Jew through his Torah mitzvahs, even if it's not done with such bittel, he's also Mamshech. As long as, there's, as long as there's a little bit gold there. What's the gold? As long as there is an underlying passion that you want to be connected. Two levels. One is the first parsha of Shema, the other one is the second parsha of Shema. A higher bitl alone. And he says, that's the difference which between the two parushim, when we say, Bashamayim Uba'aretz means that God comes down in the heaven and in the earth, or that the Shamayim and the Aretz are the instruments that draw him down. According to the first parish, Bashamayim Uba'aretz means that Hashem is in heaven and he's in earth. That's Torah mitzvahs, ordinary Torah mitzvahs. So Torah shamayim, mitzvahs are aretz. You bring God down into Seder Ishtal Shalos. But that's already, if you, as we said earlier, you're taking from what exists already. You're not creating anything new. You're not getting to the very, very, very essence. You're taking what's already in the bowl. You're not squeezing the olives to get new oil. To get the new oil, that's bashamayim, uba aretz. That's a special kind of observance of mitzvahs. And a special kind of tefillah, tefillah that involves fighting and, 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 and basically nullifying your entire mitzvah in davening as a result of the bitterness in davening, the bitterness, the frustration of my ego, of my self, self-awareness, my self-consciousness that I can't get out of it. I'm always stuck in myself. How, how come I'm trying to daven, I'm trying to forget about myself, and then I'm thinking about this person, about that person, about how good I'm davening, and all these stupid thoughts. I can't get out of it. That frustration, that's what that's what breaks. That's istalik yikarid the kuchabrihu that causes the abish to start. It's on a much higher level. In this process of of being drawing the abishter down to, into the world. Um, the Abish has lifted us up in his kaj. So through Torah mitzvahs we draw him down. The gilui oiring tzayif baruchu mimekoyra dekula, drawing God down from the very, very source. But again, what kind of Torah mitzvahs? Torah mitzvahs done with bittel. V'zau b'chenas menoira zahav. That's why the menoira has to be made out of gold. What's gold? B'chenas sosmoil. It has an element of the left. What's the left? The left is gevura. And what's the gevura? Either the gevura is one of three things. Either gavur is bittel in your Torah and mitzvahs. That's what, what's, that's when you're learning. In other words, you're, you're, you're pushing yourself even when you don't have any desire. You're doing it anyways. The bittel. 
or the, the gevura that you have in davening, when you have a merirus and a bitterness in which you're crashing the sitra achra in that thing. Or earlier we learned in the Mimer, it's the passion that's underlying everything that's there. But there has to be a gevura, the element. And without the gold, you don't have a menorah. Ach, and now the Rebbe is just going to conclude. So now you have to ask a question. I get it. We need to have bittel. And bittel causes everything. But what causes the bittel? Like how do you inspire the bittel? I understand the bittel inspires everything. But how do you inspire the bittel? Basically, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm just as likely to, to wake up and all I am into right today is a good, 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 good omelet. That's it. That's in my head. I want to make a really good omelet today. That's what my life is going to consist of today. To wake up in the morning and be devoted and dedicated to Torah and mitzvahs, even when I'm not in the mood and so on, but that bit you got to ask, what's the motive in the bittel? What's driving the bittel? So here's the thing. You hear Yeti, this is the ultimate question. The ultimate question. You have bittel, but what's causing the bittel? There has to be, you can only motivate from, from that point. You can decide, but what's, why are you deciding? That's not you anymore. <laughs> you, there has to be something there that's, that, that's pushing that bittle. Those are the two olive trees on the right and on the left. The bittle is the crown. The, 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 remember we said the bowl? The bowl is the crown. And how do you activate the crown? You activate the crown through our bittle. We said before, through our regular Torah mitzvahs, we activate the head. We bring Hashem down into the head. Through our bittle and Torah mitzvahs, we're getting to the crown, keser which is the gulas, which is the bowl. But what flows into the bowl? The two olive trees. So what does that mean? That means that there is a very, very, very sublineal flow, right? subliminal flow of divinity, drip, 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 that's enabling us to have, wake up with bitl. Because you really you can ask the question, so, so, so that power to be bottled, where is that coming from? And why don't I wake up like a guy without that bitl? What's that source of that bitl? That's not you. That's the abishter dripping in, that's the oil dripping in. Those are the two olives. Look what he says. What's motivating this bitl? These are the two olive trees. One is on the right side of the bowl. One is on the left side. And one Pasuk says, They're the ones that pour in the gold. They pour the gold. The gold is the bitl. We said earlier, the gold is the gevura. They, they're the ones who pour the gevura. They give bitl. And what are they? What is the right side and the left side? That's the Torah and the mitzvahs themselves. They bring the bittel to you. So it's interesting. You need to have bittel in order to do the Torah and the mitzvahs. But even before you start working, the Torah and mitzvahs are, 
Torah and Mitzvahs are already doing a job on you. See what's happening? We learn the Torah and do the Mitzvahs, and bring God into the Torah and into the Mitzvahs, but the Torah and Mitzvahs are transmitting to us also. What are they transmitting to us? The Bittal, why? He says, These are the Torah mitzvahs as they are in their quintessential source. In their source. From them, They're the ones who are dripping in this. In the spark of Hashem. It's interesting. They are giving this into the divine spark. Into your nitzitz. It's a divine spark. But they're empowering that spark. To evoke the love, the flaming fire, or meridos, or the bitterness. On your soul, that you feel so distant and far and davening that we said earlier, that you have pain in the gullus. That's coming from the Torah Mitzvahs. But which Torah Mitzvahs? You didn't even do the Torah Mitzvahs yet. It's the Torah Mitzvahs of yesterday that are having an effect on the bittle of tomorrow. Could be, I'm not sure. That the person has pain in being, being entrapped in the body. That the neshama wants to pour itself out. To spill herself out in the lap of her father. Where the nefesh wants to go out. She wants to go out of a container. What's causing it? That's the Torah and Mitzvah that's giving that power. And that's the idea of the Shnei Zesim. Those are the two olive trees. Torah and mitzvahs in their source that give this chayos into the neshama continuously. To have the bittel, to have the passion, and to have the, the bitterness. All the gold elements, all the gavura elements. That's what it means, they're pouring the gold. I don't know where it says that pasuk, that they're pouring the gold. I'm not sure. Vizau, l'chore, they're two olive trees, so they're not pouring gold, they're pouring oil. I'm not sure. And now we go back to the Pasuk that he begin with, the Mayim. We saying, remember we asked, why doesn't it say that you are the source of life? What are we saying? So we're saying like this. The source of all life. All the flow of life that's in all the worlds, everything is not you. It's only a tiny little crumb of a crumb of a crumb. It's the doodling that we said earlier. And when that doodling energy is still in its source, it's as if it doesn't exist. It's nothing. It's canceled. That means that in the beginning of the Pasik, we're saying how creation is nothing. How are we saying that creation is nothing? We're saying that even the mucker of Chayim, even the godly power that's in all of the universes and all the creations to create them, it's all bottled to you. It's as if it's nothing. Who bottle the tuffle, the kaba it's nothing to him. To the point that, as we said earlier, God can, go to, God can totally forget about it. Conceptually. He's not within a gedder amshach. It's only a ray of him. And it's a ray that's canceled to the point that it's non-existent. Ella, but rather. What do we say? But, which is Torah. Torah means it's your light. Through the light of Torah and Mitzvahs. Which are Orcha, they are your true light. Remember we said earlier at the beginning of the Mimer, the difference between a world with Torah and Mitzvahs and a world without Torah and Mitzvahs is a world without Torah and Mitzvahs, 
The Abishter is what? A world without Taira Mitzvahs. The Abishter is what? Withdrawn. And a little trickle of life comes down. With Taira Mitzvahs, it's God Himself coming down. That's the idea. Bo'orcho, with your light. Your, which is, in other words, this is different than Makar Chaim. Makar Chaim is the source of life as it is in creation. Ba'orcha, that's the light of Torah Mitzvah, is much deeper than the light of creation. It's like the Aserah Sadibris is much higher than the Aserah Mamores. Much deeper. Shehein heim b'chinas Eved and the Malka, they are the limbs of the king. Sham b'chinas Hamshacha, over there there is the Hamshacha liyas nira oyer, to see light. V'nizgale b'chinas giloy, it's being revealed in a level of giloy. Nira oyer, your essential light is being revealed. And we can see it too. Not only we can see it too, but since we're the ones who cause that light to become visible, that you, in other words, we're making you visible, God. Earlier you're secluded and only a little ray of you is coming into creation. We are making that you should be visible. And as a result of that, we are so luminous. Because Nira is referring to our illumination. What does that mean? Since through us the light is seen, when you look at that, here's the beautiful. When Mashiach will come and the world will be filled with the godly light, with the powerful godly light, every single part of the creation where we will see the Abishter's essence shining on it will have the signature of the Jew who made that light shine. Because it's that Jew. It's not just Hashem's light shining in the universe, it's the Jude shining, because Yidin and the Abishter are totally one. And since we were the ones who illuminated him down here, it's his light, and it's also our light. But Nira Oyer, we will be seen as illuminated. And the holiness of the Jewish people is also revealed. Like it says, Amcha Yisrael. In other words, when Mashiach will come, it will be who's like Hashem and who's like the Jewish people. Because we will be revealed who we are because we brought him to a state of complete gilui in the world. Just one little nakuda. He began the mimer saying, there's two pirushim in nira oyer. One is ba'orcha nira oyer. In your light, through your light, light is visible. The other pirush was, through your light, we will see light. So that, as he explains over there, these two pirushim are as follows. When we're doing Torah mitzvahs the way we're supposed to, then the pirush ba'orcha nireh is we will see your essential light because we see atzmos. Atzmos is nizgala. Atzmos descends. The essence of the orin soif comes down and is revealed through the Torah and the mitzvahs. Fine. That's nireh we will see. Ba'orcha. If chas we don't do Torah mitzvahs, then... Ba'orcha nira oyer is through your light. There is another, it's nira oyer is referring to a light that shines like a, like a ray, a, 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 a radiance. Like there is light, and from your light emanates other light. And from that light, that's like a disconnected light. So without Torah mitzvahs, it, even all perception of godliness is only a chitzanias de garei. So ba'orcha nira oyer, it's like, there is your light, and nira oyer, we see other light. It's a, it's a toilda. It's a, it goes in an orshel toilda. It's a light. It's not the real, it's not, it doesn't ca- capture anything of the substance of the divine. 
But through our Torah mitzvahs that we do, then then we see the real light, which is the inner light of the Eberster himself becoming revealed to us, being nimshach in our Torah mitzvahs. And God, that's the meaning of dira betachtainim, that Hashem himself comes down to live and be visible and present within this world. Thus is their mimer. Okay. Much more than what I said tonight is contained in this mimer. At least a little bit we learned.